Welcome to the Mostly Pot Out at Night. Mostly, I am Graveyard, joined by my co-host Salem. Hello. This is episode three of our new weekly All Things Horror podcast. Our topic for this week is the Predator franchise, including, and this is spoiler warning, the newest entry, Pray for anyone who's not seen it yet, listen to this podcast. So, we're going to start off in discussing the movies, highlights, um, low points, what we liked about it, give it a scale, and answer some questions about it. And we're going to start off with Predator 1, which came out in, I believe, 1987. Correct. Um, So, kind of a short premise of the movie is there is a team led by Dutch being, and they're what, extracting um, a a CIA operative out of the jungle, is that correct? Well, they were told he was a cabinet minister, and then later on they found out that it was a CIA operative. Dylan tricked them. Dylan tricked them, yes. Um, and, you know, this movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch, Carl Weathers as Hutch. Dylan. Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the, it's very action-y type oriented movie. You know, you see Carl Weathers, you see Arnold Schwarzenegger, you go, okay, you know, they have big guns, they're going through jungle, they're fighting, you know, guerrilla, you know, fighters out in the jungle. Very action-y oriented, I feel, for the movie as a whole. In the initial beginnings of it, um, you know, and as they're going through the jungle and blowing up a lot of stuff and a lot of people, uh, they start noticing that you know they're getting kind of picked off one by one. I'd say almost slasher-ish style and kind of gruesome ways, right? Yes. So, so you know, and then they're just you know, you get to see kind of the you know, point of view of we don't know what it is, right? We we see it, the infrared thermal of it. We see it kind of learning human speech through its its you know heads up display um, and everything with there. And you know, they get like I said, they get picked off one by one. And you know, Dutch learns that as he's crawling through mud, that the creature goes right past him, and he starts figuring out. And, you know, then it kind of have off, like, what, last 20 minutes-ish, almost like a, a one-versus-one showdown of of Predator versus versus Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, go on. No, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Predator, I mean, the first one, I... Man, I mean, it is one of my very, very favorite movies when I was a kid. I mean, I I watched it. I don't even know how many times. I mean, I know I had it on on VHS. It wasn't the official VHS. It was taped off of HBO or something. But yeah, the tape <laughs> the tape was unwatchable because I watched it so many times that you literally couldn't even see what was on the tape. That's how many times I watched it. Um, but yeah, fantastic movie. Um, no. and uh, when it, when it was originally like you know written when it was originally being shopped around to try to get support. Uh, it was called Hunter and it was originally the, the just one-on-one. It was like, you know, basically, I don't know if the character's name was Dutch, but it was Dutch's character one-on-one with the predator in the woods. None of the other stuff was even there. Now, is it true? They thought that uh, Sly Stallone was going to be the predator at one point, <laughs> the, the initial beginnings of it. Um, I don't know if if Sly Stallone was in it, but uh, at the very beginning they did hire Jean Claude Van Damme. He okay. was suppo- he was supposed to be um, the Predator, 
And they actually, he was on set. They had a suit made for him. He was on set. He was like filmed scenes and stuff. Um, and and the, the original concept was he was supposed to be like an alien, like a ninja alien. Like he was supposed to be okay. you know, very sneaky and very fast. Um, and then basically, if you see Jean-Claude Van Damme, I mean, yeah, he's he's ripped, right? I mean, this is his prime around this time period, late 80s. He's, he's ripped. Um, right. But if you put him next to Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse Ventura, and Carl Weathers, <laughs> even with the suit on, he is not imposing at all. I mean – He's just not. So they were already kind of up in the air. They're like, I don't know if this is working. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme was very, very uncomfortable in the suit. Like he couldn't see, he couldn't breathe. You know, he was, he did not know, you know, how did they couldn't do anything like acrobatic. He couldn't do any of his moves or anything like that. So the, the alien wasn't coming off as ninja, like as they, as they thought. And with him complaining so much. So they just like, they got rid of him. <laughs> so he was originally part of it. They fired him. They brought in Kevin Peter Hall, who is just a giant dude. He's like seven foot, whatever, and he's huge. And they put him in that suit. Uh, and the suit's great, obviously. He could not see in that suit at all to the point where right. um, it, like, they, he had to like rehearse the scene with the mask off so he could memorize where things were on the scene so that when he put the mask on, he would have to do it blind because he literally couldn't see at all. Well, and it's it's weird if it was going to be Van Damme in the suit. It seems like just a weird hiding point for him. Like you know, he was a big star at that point in time. It'd be mm-hmm. weird just to put him completely in costume, just to you know play a role that really had no voice work. It was just motion, right? And and, and menacing intimidation. And it makes sense. Like, why would you put someone so so recognizable in that suit? Right, just yeah, for I mean- that. Yeah, there was a lot of yeah. I mean, there was a lot of factors in, in getting rid of him and him <laughs> wanting like screen time and him wanting like screen time without his mask on was another thing. Um, the, the funny thing is, the guy who plays the predator does actually have a cameo of his face in the movie. Um, if you if you remember the very end in the helicopter, yeah. Um, you know the one helicopter pilot looks back like, "You guys okay?" Yeah, that's him. Well, I mean, I think that's a very common thing. Like, you know, people that are always under the mask, like uh, Robert England did that a lot in Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Whether he's playing Freddy himself or just re- other roles, like he was the bus driver in number two. He was one of the maniacs in the scene of like the 100 maniacs. Um, even Kane Hodder did stuff like that, you know, as, as Jason, that he would play Jason. No, no speaking role. But he would cameo as other characters, so his face is seen. I think it's a very common thing for people that you don't get to see their face. You know, obviously we have a lot of debate now with stuff like that, with you know Pedro Pascal and supposedly all the stuff with the Mandalorian. Um, you know, and even with Halo, the TV show, you know, people argue his mask was taken off a lot, and you don't really get that in Halo for a very long time in the games. So that makes sense that he would want his face to be seen. Yeah, and I mean it's I mean it's just a very quick scene. You have no idea who it is unless you, you know, look through the credits and see that, you know, it is or you heard the stories about it. I mean, it's not obvious at all. It's just, you know, hey, it's a nod to the guy like, "Hey, you did a good job." You know, here, here's your face. Right. Um, now, you, you know, you said you recorded it. Now, did you see uh-huh. it in theaters? Did you just know it was on HBO and recorded it? And how did you first hear about Predator as as a movie? Um, well, I mean, I, at first I rented it 
And that was just because I was a huge Schwarzenegger fan at that time. I mean, you're talking, I was, I was a kid I was, I mean, geez, what is this? 87. So I was like nine. Right. I was a huge, huge Schwarzenegger fan. I mean, I think my favorite movie for a long time was Commando. And, uh, you know, it's, which is, you know, you watch it now and it's a very cheesy action movie, but you know, when you're nine years old in the eighties, it's like the coolest thing ever. So because I love that movie so much, I basically just rented everything that Schwarzenegger was in. So every time right. a new movie came out that had Schwarzenegger in it, I rented it immediately. So that was you where know, I originally heard it. For me, as, as you know, I, I didn't watch a lot of action movies, especially in the eighties. Um, and I, for the longest time growing up, I always considered Predator to be an action movie because it had Carl Weathers, you know, Jesse Ventura and Arnold in it. So it's something I just didn't watch. I never really considered it to be a must watch in the horror realm of things. Right. Um, now obviously as we get down the list, when we get to like Alien vs. Predator, I go, okay, you know, I need to rewatch these. I tend to rewatch movies before the next one comes out like i know you know prey comes out i rewatched everything leading up to prey um now obviously i couldn't rent it when it came out and it had to be on tv the first time i probably saw it and it probably would have been on the sci-fi channel be my guess when when it would be playing that i would have watched it for the first time i couldn't okay. tell you when that was honestly um like I said, it just bypassed me for so long just because it seemed so action-oriented, and I just didn't care for them at that time. Uh, see, I was, I was a big action fan at that point in time. Right. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really great movie because it straddles both. I mean, the first half of the movie is an action movie. It is just an action movie. That's it. <laughs> and then the second half is... Uh, you know, it's a slasher movie, essentially. Right. I mean, I, I don't remember marketing for it or anything like that. I don't know if you do either, but did they give any, do you know of any hints that this was going to be a, an alien at the end of this, or did, was it more geared towards action? That's probably what drew people in. Well, I mean, I mean, Schwarzenegger was known for action at that time, so basically anything he put his name on was going to have action, at least as a main element. Um, I right. believe the, yeah, I believe the trailers and everything had, you know, they said like something not of this world kind of thing. I mean, obviously right. they didn't give away what it was, but yeah, they, they, they told you it was not from earth, but they didn't give any, you know, they didn't give all of it away. obviously. Right. You know, and, and, and prepping for this, for this podcast, you know, like I said, rewatched all this stuff too, very, very recently. And as I know you did as well, you know, how do you feel the graphics hold up in, in today's age you know we're looking at something that's now 35 years old you know the the you know the camouflage or invisibility aspect of it how do you think that went um i mean most of it i mean uh, you know aside like the suits and the you know and all that kind of stuff was i mean most of it was practical stuff so it still looks great um, I think they did a really good job. I mean, a, an exceptionally good job with that, you know, the visual, you know, bending light camouflage at that time. I mean, you know, to have like, you know, you see like Dutch's face, like through it and all that kind of stuff, you know, having the slightly distorted stuff. I mean, that's like far beyond. I mean, when you see like the, the his eyes flash green 
it's obviously old. You know, like the, a lot of the, the the electrical spark stuff looks old. You know, I mean, a lot of movies from that time period, the electrical stuff or lightning stuff always looks really old. Um, but, you know, I mean, other than that, I mean, but it looks great for the time. I think it still holds up now. I mean, it's not distracting. I mean, do you do you find it just, a, I don't, you know, it's an action sci-fi horror that, you know, I don't think you, you saw many action movies with those sci-fi or horror elements in there for special effects wise, right? You know, it's a lot of explosions and stuff like that, which there is, but when it came to the predator, when it came to the kills, when it came to hanging up the bodies and skinning them alive, you know, I don't think that was necessarily seen that way in, in any action movie at that point in time, maybe some Terminator stuff, but not as much as we got in, in predator. Well, definitely not mainstream. I mean, predator was the first, I want to say mainstream movie that kind of brought that stuff in, or at least the first one that I can remember. Um, I mean, there's a lot of them around that time that kind of tried to follow that same formula. I mean, because Predator was huge. Um, so there's right. a lot of them that tried to follow that same formula. Like I remember <laughs> that one with Rugger Hauer. Was it, I come in peace, I think, or something. I mean, but yeah. it, they're all, they're all kind of similar. There's like a million of them. Um, right. They weren't, they weren't all that great, but they were all trying to copy Predator. But yeah, I mean, it's the first one I can remember that started that trend or at least moved into that space. Right. Now, you know, obviously it, as discussed when they go into the encampment where the person is supposed to be held, they find the woman that's there. And she talks about that. Her people had word for predator. Like this has happened before. Um, you know, when you first heard that, did you think, Oh, there's this, you know, a good lore building, you know, world building starting with this movie. Um, I mean, at the time, I didn't. I mean, you know, at the time, all movies did that. You know, they were trying to, you know, give you a history that, oh, this stuff always happens. You know, this isn't a brand new thing. Um, but I mean, now, listen, right. watching it, yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, you know, even back in the first movie, they were trying to show you that, hey, this happens all over. This isn't an isolated incident. This is, you know, one of many. Right. I mean, I think for uh, is a very, very solid entry into this franchise. Um, as a whole, you know, we'll, we'll discuss you know the other movies in this in this franchise, but it's very strong and I think it's pretty hard to beat right now as as not you know not be it not being if not the best of the franchise as a whole. Um, um, of the franchise, it is definitely the best. I mean, it's my opinion, right? But it's also the first, which is, and you know, a lot of that, a big part of that is probably nostalgia because I mean. You know, I can't watch it without remembering how great it was when I was a kid. So, right, like I said, I couldn't tell you the first time I watched it all the way through that it wasn't on TV. It, it might have been late '90s for me, honestly. <laughs> um, but you know, this has been, it's been a big movie for you. You know, what do you think the highlights of this movie are? Um, I mean, for me, I mean, as a kid and even now, I really like, um you know, ensemble casts where they have like a bunch of interesting characters together that actually like, you know, they're not just nameless, faceless stuff. You know, there's a lot of times in movies where you have like, you know, little military units or whatever, you know, their leader guy is always going to be, you know, the, the character that everybody, you know, knows or, you know, gets that personality feel for. And there might be like one other person. And they usually just, you know, get to know that one other person so that you care when they die is usually how it goes. And the rest of them are just faceless people that die. That's it. Right. That's usually how it goes. And in this one, they all have 
unique personalities. I mean, they are, they're all fleshed out from the very beginning. Like every single one of them has a name that is mentioned in the movie. Every one of them, you know, has, you know, like a specialty and they do, you know, something, you know, every character does something interesting. Right. I mean, even the guy who dies first has, you know, like a couple of stupid jokes that he tells because he's like the jokey guy. So like, and that's Shane Black, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Who who comes in later on, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they really, you know, sell it that this is a unit. These are guys that have worked together. These are all interesting characters and they're, you know, they're obviously being pushed into a, a situation that's beyond them, but you know, they really pull it off that they really have really good chemistry as a team, I thought. And that was the thing that I loved then. And I still love it now. Right. Yeah. For, for, for me, the highlights is really when we start getting into the more horror aspect of it all, obviously for me being a bigger horror fan than action fan, you know, I, I really enjoyed the one that, you know, picking off one by one that each kill was kind of unique in its own way. Right. Um, and you know, the, the collecting of the skulls, you know, something we could easily discuss for a bit is, you know, what was, what was his purpose of the movie? What was the predator's purpose of being? In the movie? Um, I mean, yeah, this one and this movie, that purpose of him being in the jungle is, you know, whether he's been here for a while or whether he just came here and, you know, people were there before. I remember as a kid, I always thought, well, it was just the same hunter that would just come out only when it was really hot or whatever. You know, I think that's what she said. It was, she only comes out when it's really hot. Um, right. But, yeah, I didn't really catch on to that, that, you know, they meant like a different hunter comes every time. But, yeah, it's essentially just a hunter looking for the best, you know, um, specimen, you know, looking for the best human that they can find. And obviously they're killing people and, you know, he's getting trophies and stuff. And he's like, yeah, these trophies are great, but I can get better. And so he just keeps hunting and keeps looking until he finds one that really satisfies that trophy urge that he has. And then he's like, okay, this one's great. Now I can stop. Right. And, you know, it doesn't sound like, you know, in, in the movie that, yes, there's been other predators or even a similar creature, you know, the same one. It might have been the same one. We don't, I don't think we ever know is you know what you know when do they actually stop when do they start you know how many people they go through because or they all get defeated like this one did i can't imagine that or would he you know they would have known more about the predator as a whole right because let's face it i think he's a sore loser at the end and and blows up right self-destructs to yeah i mean that's definitely an element of it um i don't think that was the whole reason why he did it though I mean, I think more at the end, I mean, because they kind of reflect on that more through the franchise is that they blow themselves up like that or blow their ships up like that to make sure that their prey does not get their technology. You know, because so they want it's more of a go ahead. I, I think, yeah, like uh, I'm assuming you're going to say like, well, go ahead. Just... They, they want to blow up the evidence. Yeah, They want to get well, rid yeah. of the evidence that they exist. Well, that, and I don't think they're, I mean, based on how they like show up sometimes, I don't think they're all that concerned about people knowing that they exist. I think they just don't want people having their technology because if their prey gets their technology and they're on equal, you know, standing, that's going to make things a lot harder for them. You know, I mean, depending on, on them, I mean, some of them seem to like the challenge and seem to like it when it's harder, but obviously they come in with this technology. So they're not, 
like, you know, crazy sportsmen, right? You know, they try to fight bears with their bare hands. If they're not doing that, they're coming in with weapons. But I just don't think they want their prey having their weapons. They want to fight them on their terms kind of thing. Right. So do you think their hunts are more for the trophy than the best, the best prey? Because you know, um, they scan Arnold's skull, as you, mm-hmm. we discussed before, that you know his skull seems to be like the ideal skull that he wants for his trophy case, right? Right. So, do you think it's more about the trophy or the more about the hunt? I think it's both. I think it's I think it's like they have to find someone that fits that that perfect trophy, um, n- you know, niche, right? But they also want to have a story about this. You know what I mean? Like that's why when he really saw that, you know, Dutch had like the perfect trophy, the perfect skull that he's like, okay, this guy is worthy of me fighting bare hands, which I mean, he really didn't. He was using his knife anyway, but right. Um, you know, as close to bare hand as he was, you know, he wasn't shooting at him or anything like that. Like he deemed him worthy in his eyes. Like he actually, you know, stepped up and showed him that, Hey, you know, I'm on the same level as you. So now he's going to fight him bare hand and then now he has a story to tell from this skull and now he's you know has something to be proud of right um, or uh, as you say later in the franchise looking for dna but we'll, well, well, yeah that we'll it. talk about that later <laughs> right um so do you think it's do you think it's you know do you think it's very sporting for him to go through the people that the the predator goes to the people that he does at, just to get the kill just for that i you know i think it's you know, sporting at the end against Dutch, but anyone in between, I wouldn't necessarily say that, right? Um, well, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, you look at hunters um, in our world, right? Right. Um, I mean, they're going out there with rifles and camouflage and, and scents and, and calls and, you know, sonar and game cameras and shit like that. I mean, they're nowhere near even terms, right? Right. I mean, that's just what hunters do. They have tools that help them hunt better. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously this is more of a a lifestyle thing for them because, you know, like you said, you know, he wanted to fight them one-on-one because this guy proved to be a, a real challenge. Right. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're just doing what hunters do. Hunters, you know, go somewhere to hunt something with their tools against, you know, whatever the, the animals have as theirs. Right. So, do you think there are any low points in this movie that you could just go outright ridiculous, or just kind of like just seem out of place for you? Um, no, I mean, not really. I mean, if overall, it's it, this is a fantastic movie. I would say, if anything, I think the like the ending part of it went a a bit too long, you know, with like him the one on one kind of thing. Um, but I think that was just the you know, the kind of holdover from the original script being just that. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I really don't think, I mean, again, I, I love the movie, so I don't, I can't really complain too much, but if I had to come up with a complaint, that would be. The, the thing that stuck out to me after the rewatches is them impersonating the human voice, which is, you discussed with hunters, you know, they have duck calls, they have deer calls, stuff like that. So it's very similar mm-hmm. to that. Right. It just with like him, the predator talking just seems so out of place for me. It, speaking English. Well, he really only did one time. 
In this movie. <laughs> and well, yes, in this movie he did one time. And he was literally to him just like repeating back what he just said. He might not have even known what it meant. I mean, obviously right. it meant something for us watching, you know, in the you know cinema world, it meant something. But, you know, he was just, you know, mocking back. It'd be like if a duck quacked at you and you quacked back at it, you know. Right. So, you know, our our rating scheme for these movies, we're going to do, you know, ratings scales for movie reviews like this. This week is going to be Trophy Skulls. You know, on a scale of one to ten, trophy skulls. What would you give this movie for yourself? Uh, this movie, uh, in this franchise, I would say gets ten out of ten trophy skulls. Ten out of ten. Yes, and that's. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I also, I also love. I just want to have one more thing before we move on. Um, is just how shredded everybody was in this movie. <laughs> I mean, they are outrageously. I mean, just crazy ripped. Right. Um. And and you read about it, and like they got up at like three a.m. to work out. They worked out for hours before they started shooting, so that they looked as ripped as possible. Um. And that was like you know Arnold and Jesse Ventura, and uh, you know every just about everybody in there is is shredded. I think the only guy that doesn't take his shirt off and the whole thing is is uh, um, Bill Mack who plays or uh, or sorry. Duke, Bill Duke, Duke who, plays, yeah. who plays Mac. Right. Um, he doesn't take his shirt off, but everybody else is shirtless in multiple scenes of the, of the movie. Um, I also read a thing about, about Carl Weathers, who did the same thing. He worked out like crazy, too, but he made sure that nobody saw him do it. He made sure that everybody was out of the gym when he went in there because he wanted it to seem like he was just he had a naturally perfect body <laughs> because he, he saw Arnold working and everybody else working so hard to try to be as ripped as possible. Um, and so he, he did, he was doing the same thing, but he just, he didn't show anybody else that he was doing it. Um, that's why the one scene where in the very beginning where they like grab each other and they got these like just veins oh, just bulging out of their arms, the mean um, worthy photo shoot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is, that is them basically like trying to one up each other with how ripped they are. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Which it's, it's just fantastic. It's like one of the rare instances I think of, like, like positive male testosterone, right? <laughs> you know, where it actually came to like a a good result. You know, instead of the normal bad result, right? Um, and the only other little anecdote I, I'm going to put in there before I hand it over to you is that uh, Sonny Landham, who is the guy who played Billy, um, the tracker, yeah. Um, they actually, well, there's there, sorry, there's two things. I'm gonna um, one thing is that uh, there's rumors that they actually had to hire a bodyguard um, for him during the movie, not to protect him, but protect everyone else from him. Really? Yeah, because he was apparently very, very unstable on set. <laughs> um, and, and there was people that were concerned that he was going to do something bad. So they did that. Um, and uh, another little thing is he he tried running for governor of Kentucky because he thought that he would. Um, you know, that because Arnold and Jesse Ventura both won that he had a shoe in. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> for, for doing it. Yeah, obviously he failed. Um, and the <laughs> other thing is that the scene where he's standing on um, that branch and he yeah. like cuts his chest. Yeah. Um, they've actually said like, you know, people that are like, you know, canon in there is that he has, was a direct descendant of um, the native people in Prey and that he was... Um, living out a past life of one of those ancestral characters. That's why he did that. Interesting. Yeah. I just thought uh -huh. that was interesting, but yes, 
10 out of 10 trophy skulls onto you. Oh, I mean, in this list, I think I like uh, one or two other movies almost as good as this. So I might have to give this a nine uh, of trophy skulls for me. Um, just because it's so action oriented. Uh, you know, like I said, so, so nine trophy skulls for me, 10 for you. And, you know, here's, here's the question. Is it horror? Um, see, that's, it's a good question. If you would ask me if the second half is, I would say definitely it's, it's, it's like kind of textbook, uh, like slasher, right. You know, right. One at one at a time being picked off kind of thing. Um, but that first half of the movie up until, um, you know, the first death of the team, it is an action movie. It is that it, that's all it is. <laughs> it's right. an action movie, you know, with, you know, the, 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 the predator lurking around, but you know, he doesn't, you know, take any part in it until after the action part is over. So there's really two parts of it. So yes, the second half is horror. The first half is action. So is it all horror? No. Is it some? Definitely. Would you say action horror or horror action? If you had to pick um, one first. For this one, I would say action horror. I would action say it's, prob- it's probably more action than horror. Right. I mean, that's not a bad thing in my world, but right. I love it altogether. But yes, I would say it's probably more action because, I mean, you know, you got Arnold walking around holding his gun up with one arm, which right. he's just doing <laughs> to show that he can. I mean, that's there's just bullets flying everywhere. Right. You know, they shoot an empty spot in the forest for like five minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, for me, you know, with with my tattoos, we've discussed before is, you know, I have my horror sleeve and I have my sci-fi leg and I have Predator on my sci-fi leg. Mm-hmm. Just because it's a Predator, it's it's an alien, you know, so therefore it's more sci-fi, just the creature itself for me. So alien resides or Predator resides on my leg next to the side of an alien. That's a whole other franchise. Mm-hmm. Not so, closely related, though. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it, I didn't have room in my horror sleeve, and I go, you know, I think it needs to be, it, it, it needed to be on me as a tattoo, and it decided to be on my sci-fi leg. <laughs> That's fair. All right. So next, we have Predator Two. That was released in 1990 and set in the far future of 1997. Yeah, super far future. <laughs> super far future. Um, you want to do, do the brief brief synopsis on this one? Um, sure. Yeah. So it's uh, essentially the predator trades in the actual jungle for the concrete jungle of L.A. Set in 1997, um, set in the climate catastrophe heat wave of 109 degrees. <sighs> Uh, which is, I mean, that's where we're at now. They were just off by, by a few years. Right. Um, but yeah, so there's this huge, you know, war in the city between the Colombians and the Jamaicans over, you know, the drugs in the city. And, you know, I mean, the gangs have, you know, assault weapons and grenade launchers and, and body armor. I mean, it's, it is an actual like war in the street. Um, so uh, Danny Glover plays like, you know, super cop um, Harrigan, right? Right. Um, and so, you know, he's like, you know, I think he's the only cop that really, like, kills anybody. I mean, the other cops are there, but I, they don't really do much. Correct. They just, they just like, you know, wisecrack and, like, back him up. But they don't, like, do anything. He, like, kills everybody by himself. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So anyway, he's a super cop. Um, you know, you know, when they're like, you know, trying to take out this one Colombian, like, you know, hit team that's killed, you know, other cops and stuff like that. And they go in there and they see, oh, everybody's dead and they're all strung up. So, yeah, the predator is here, killed all those guys before they could get to him, um, does the same thing to the other side. There's a couple of these, you know, crime scenes, um, you know, where people are being strung up and skinned and, um, you know, you know, but essentially they're saying that, you know, this thing is attracted to the conflict of it. Right. Um, so they're, they're trying to investigate, trying to know what's going on. Um, Danny Glover eventually, like, asks for a meeting with the king of the Jamaican, King Willie. Um, and he tells him it's, you know, a monster from the spirit world. And then he gets killed. Um, and then it just starts hunting. I don't know the cops for some reason. They don't really say why. He's going after the the other cops because they didn't really do it much. But they have weapons, and that's what he seems to go for is something to discuss. Right. If, you're, if you're unarmed, he typically doesn't. A predator doesn't typically kill you. Correct. Well, certain ones, most right. of them, no. most of them. But yeah, but yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and he won't kill you if you're pregnant, even if you are armed. Apparently, that's what that's the thing we find out in this movie is the one the one cop is a is a lady cop and she's pregnant. They did There's no side story about her being pregnant. She just is right. Um, and then it's like, you know, they show like this, you know, he, he looks through her body and sees that she's pregnant. And even though she's armed and was shooting at him, he lets her go anyway. I don't know why. Um, kills poor Bill Paxton. Um, so, of course, you know, Danny Glover, super cop gets upset um, and he's like, you know, trying to figure out where it is. He narrows it down to the slaughterhouse. I forgot how. Um, so he goes to the slaughterhouse and then he finds out that this other federal team led by Gary Busey is on the case and they're, you know, trying to um, capture this alien and they, cause they know what it is. They know its weaknesses and all that. And they're trying to like trap it because it eats beef. So they're, they're, they're setting up this beef place where apparently he goes to eat to try to capture him. Um, and Jane <laughs> is his second in command. Yes. Um, I forgot he was in that movie. He's so young, so young. I think, I, yeah, I mean, he was in X-Files as well. So I knew him from yeah. X-Files before Firefly. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I just, you know. Yeah. Big Firefly fan, so I noticed. <clears throat> um, yeah, so, of course, they're, you know, they, they think that, you know, he can only see in infrared and he can't see in anything else. So they're using ultraviolet lights. And, of course, this is when we, the first time we find out that the Predator can use other light spectrums in his mask. So he can see ultraviolet lights. He sees their lights and then just starts picking them off, you know, of course. Right. Um, and then, you know, him and, and Danny Glover have a showdown that goes on for a while <laughs> um, you know, across buildings and across rooftops. And, down, you know, build, they end up, down drain pipes. Yeah, down drain pipes. <laughs> they eventually end up in the sewer somehow. Um, and then, you know, they have a, their final showdown in the Predator ship. Um, and of course, that's where we have our our link between aliens with predator is that he has his trophy wall and there's an alien skull on the trophy wall. Um, he defend he defeats the the predator in hand to hand combat um, using his own little disc cutter device. Right. Um, and then as soon as he kills him, you know other predators come out, but instead of killing him, you know they kind of insinuate that they see him as an equal now, or at least um, you know not worthy of of killing right now. Like he earned his life kind of thing. And they toss him the gun, which is, you know, it's his Randa or what is it? Raphael Andolini 1715 showing that, you know, they've been coming here since at least the 1700s. Right. 
Um, and then it ends. Now, what, um, you know, it's 10 years later, right? After, you know, canonically in after the first Predator, right? And they have, uh, I don't remember her name for the first one, they have her talk about the events that happened. There's like a little voiceover, I believe, uh, on a tape of the events. And I, you know, Gary Busey talked about, and was boggling my mind about this movie was they said it's like leveled 30 city blocks with the, with the detonation. Yeah. There's no way Arnold that. outran that, first and foremost. Okay. <laughs> Did you see his legs in that movie? <laughs> I mean, he could have probably he could have probably Hulk jumped that <laughs> um, but no there's uh, there was scenes of her in the movie that were actually they were cut out they were deleted scenes but the, the same actress came back right. and did a did a few scenes and the, and those one of those scenes is still technically in the movie I guess if you look at like you know when, it, when they're in the in the van like reenacting that alien scene where they're watching them all die on the cameras yeah it's literally like the same scene from aliens, like Correct. the whole, give me that, you know? Yeah. Oh, can you hear me? Shit. It was like literally the exact same scene. Um, but apparently <laughs> if you look closely in that scene, there is another, um, camera of showing an, like an interrogation room and the person sitting in the interrogation room is her. Right. So she's still technically there, but the, all the voice roles and everything that she had, they cut out. Right. Um, so, for for this movie, obviously, take you know it, in the movie world ten years later, you know when when you first saw this and you heard that, did you think that implied that they only came every ten years, or do you think there's a, do you think there's a constant stream of predators coming to Earth? Because if there was, you know the the FBI or CIA would know more about them. But all they had on record was the 1987 events, I believe. Um, well, yeah, that's the only one that they said that they knew, or at least that's the one where they got the most out of it. Right. Um, I mean, and to be fair, I mean, before the eighties, we didn't really have the technology to be able to like explain or say what that was, you know, or, or, you know, capture it in any way. I mean, so I don't really, you know, so before that they might've been coming for a long time. I just don't think that we had the technology or the methods to say it. I mean, cause you know, just some crazy guy saying, Hey, I saw an alien. They're not going to believe you. Right. But, but as technology gets better, you know, you can explain things, you know, like bending light, like, okay, we understand what bending light means, you know, so you can, you know, you're invisible, but like somebody in the fifties would have no clue what you're talking about. They would have no idea what that means. Right. Um, so, I I believe this is the first time we actually get the name the predator, right? Isn't isn't that what the the agency gave it as a name? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean the first one it was just called Predator because it sounded cool, right? You know, as as my guess, but yeah, the to, to it being referred to as the Predator, yeah, I would say that this is the first one that makes sense. Yeah, as you said, you know, they went from from the jungle jungle to the concrete jungle. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, this came out during the riot, LA riots and stuff like that. And there was just so much shooting, I think, in the first 20, 30 minutes of this movie, right? It just seemed like yeah. it was like a yeah. war, but in the city. Very right. exaggerated. Yes, very but, much so. 
And it's, yeah, there, there was so much additional blood and so much additional just crazy nudity and stuff that it was originally an NC-17 movie. Right. And they, they had to, like, cut stuff out of it to bring it down to an R rating. Like, that's how crazy it is. Right. But, yeah, I, I would say, like, it's it's it bordering on, like, ultra violence. Just how, like, crazy over the top it is. Oh, yeah. The room but, they went into with the, the Columbians was just smeared. Yeah, and then yeah. the guys, the guys' penthouse suite, right? Right. They just or he just rampaged through. Um. Right. And so, do you feel, you know, you know what what introduced you to this movie? Did you do? Did you know about it coming out? And were you excited when you heard about Predator Two? Um, I was very excited when I heard it was Predator Two, and I was very confused when it was Danny Glover, not Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I was like, how do you have Predator 2 with a different character? Because Danny Glover, I knew at that time, was the guy from, like, Lethal Weapon. Right. And he was like, uh, I saw him as more like a comedy guy. And I was like, why would they put, like, a comedy guy in this action movie? Um, But, I mean, obviously, the first scene kind of throws that out the window because it's just such crazy violence. And he's the one that, like, kills all the people. You know what I mean? So Right. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, that kind of like blew out of my head right away, but I was very, very confused at the time. So I didn't I didn't see it in the theater or anything because I was just upset. It wasn't Schwarzenegger, um, but I watched. I wasn't I mean, I wasn't upset to it. I mean, it wasn't nearly as bad as a lot of the other like sequels that came out in that time frame, because I mean, wow, there was some really, really bad sequel movies. I mean, really bad. Right. Um but it was the same writers. I mean, it was the same, you know, the Thomas brothers with this, the same people who wrote it. So at least I think that's why it was able to keep a lot of its like continuity between the first and the second was because it was the same writers. So it's like they knew what they wrote the first time. So they, they knew what to write, you know, the second time. And I believe Shane Black was a script doctor for both of them, too. The first one, I know he was. I thought he was um, for the second. He may, he may have been that I don't know for sure. The first one was funny because um, McTiernan, who was the director of the first one, who is, you know, a, a very, very well-known action director from that time, one of the best, right? Yeah. Um, but that was like his first movie. And everybody was very, very concerned that he was not going to be able to do it right. So Shane Black was put on the movie not only to act in it and not only to be a script doctor, but also to keep his eye on McTiernan. <laughs> And he, and he was supposed to report back to the studio if McTiernan looked like he wasn't well, he wasn't cut out for it, if he wasn't doing well. He was supposed to report back and say that, hey, he's not cutting it. We need to get somebody else here. Luckily, they didn't have to change that, but that, that was the real reason why he was there. Right. You know, and, and, and this movie, towards the end, you know, once again, uh, they spoke to Danny Glover, right? The, the Predator spoke. Or one of the mm-hmm. predators spoke, handed him the really old pistol, and blew up. Right? No, there was just, 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 it was just taken uh, off. It just took off, but it was is it it was like inside of a sewer, like a very closed space. Right. So I think what they did is like the when it took off, all the like you know fire coming out of the engines was that big explosion. Okay. But it, you know it didn't blow up. They just you know they just got took the ship and left because that was the ship of the the guy who was there hunting that got killed so they like took him down. right now in comparison between predator one and predator two obviously you had arnold and one and danny lover and the very two different aspects 
characters, you know, mm-hmm. did they ever, do you think the Predator ever considered Danny Glover to be the ultimate prize? Or do you think he considered the crime lords to be the prizes? I think he considered the crime lords to be the prizes. I mean, I think he was, he saw the cops as being pretty good because he saw them kill a lot of these gang people. Right. Um, I think they were secondary. I mean, I don't think he really cared that much about them because I mean, well, I mean, like, I guess the Bill Paxton, he did like take his skull. He didn't bother taking anybody else's skull from that whole subway where he killed like, you know, a hundred people or whatever. Right. I mean, it was a lot of people. I don't know. But yeah, the, but Bill Paxton's head was the only one that he took. And I think that was because he saw him as the only one that was any kind of challenge from there. Um, but I mean, I think they, at first, I don't think he saw Danny Glover as, as an equal at all. And I think Danny Glover just showed him that he was later on. Right. You know, when I think, I think it really, when he noticed it is like when they were, you know, fighting on the roof and he like cut his hand off with his, you know, with his little like, uh, right. Cutting tool, little, little throwing disc. Yeah. Um, I think that's when he really saw him as I need to kill this guy and, and take his head. Now, did you before, think before that? I don't think he cared. Now, do you think if Danny Glover left him alone, that he would have just gone away? Like, you know, was killing him the ultimate thing, or do you think the predator would have been just like, "All right, I'm done here," and gone away anyway? Yeah, I think he would have. I think he would have left because after you know he saw this whole ultraviolet light goofy thing with the liquid nitrogen and the the radioactive dust, you know, to counteract his, his visibility and all that kind of shit. I think he would have been like, you know what? Uh, I think I'm just going to move on. I mean, he might not have stopped hunting, but I think he would have left LA at that time. Right. Cause I mean, obviously it would be too dangerous. I mean, that's, I know he likes a challenge, but that's, you know, that's, that, I don't think that was a little too much for him. And I think that was his plan, honestly. And I think Danny Glover stopped him from doing that, but I think he was still doing that. Even though Danny Glover was chasing him, he was still went back to his ship. Right. Anyway, so now I think he I think he was trying to leave. I think Danny Glover forced the confrontation. Now, you know, do you, do you think in, in terms of the movie, did it make sense for Danny Glover to stop him? Because he was cleaning up the streets realistically, right? Right. So, like I said, it's just super cop protecting L.A. against any threat that came up. Predator being a threat, Danny Glover's character stopped him. Well, I think at that point he was trying to get revenge for his fellow cops, right? Because, I mean, they portrayed it well in the in the movie, but you know, also in real life, I mean, you know, cops, you know, look out for other cops, right? So if, right. if somebody kills a cop, they do everything they can to track that guy down, and I think they were doing that same thing because he killed Danny and he killed uh, Bill Paxton. I don't remember his character's name, but he right. killed both of them, and you know, he saw them as you know his his cop buddies on his own team, and I think he was out for revenge. So if the cops stood out of, <laughs> stayed out of it completely, would they have innocence died or have just been the crime lords? Um, I mean, it would have just been, <laughs> by the predator. It would have just been the crime lords, or yeah, or the criminals because that's they were the ones fighting the war. They were the ones showing that they were the alphas, right? Right. So I think those are the ones he was going after, right? When the cops got involved. And he saw them fighting and saw the, you know, the potential in them as well. That's why he went after it. So, yeah, they would have stayed completely out of it. The Predator would not have killed anybody, but I think the Crime Lords would have killed a lot more innocent people. Okay. So I think, you know, they couldn't just sit by and watch while right. they're killing innocent people. They had to have get involved. And I think, yeah. 
I think it played out the way it would have, should have. All right. So highlights and low points of this movie for you. Um, highlights. I really liked um, the world building that they did. I know it was, you know, the far future of 1997, but I really liked how they, they set it up. They made it really feel like, like a, like a city, like on fire, like a city, you know, eating itself. Right. They really, really showed that it was like, you know, this is not a good place to be. And the cops are in a very, very bad place and they're fighting a war too. Right. I think they did a really good job with that, that whole world building and showing that. I I think it was, that was fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, the low point would probably be just the weird, gratuitous, <laughs> like, nudity and stuff that they had in there that they were putting in there, I think, just to step it up from the original. You know, just to, to have that, the, you know, that over-the-top, you know, sequel energy is, I think, why they threw that stuff in there. Um, I mean, to, to me, the, I think that, that, like, whole nudity scene and that, that poor woman had to sit there for so long. Right. And <laughs> like, blood, just, yeah. Yeah, just like the guy holding her hair, like screaming, you know, while she just sitting there. I'm, anyway, I thought that was that was a low point. I thought it was pointless. I think they could have gotten their point across without doing that. But again, it's you know, eighties movies. A lot of times they like to show nudity because right. they can. So. For me, the highlight is the subway scene. Um, it was very, very horror. I think with everything, you know, with. You know the the tracking through the trains, the flashing lights, it being dark, and just the way the predator was taking out people, especially uh, Bill Paxton's character, right? Right. I think that was the I think that was the most horror that we got in like the sense of horror, not just action yeah. or, or or violence, but horror, like not just you know, shooting, right? Right. That was a really cool scene, like when when they were chasing him down the subway, and he do, he had. Bill Paxton body and he just like ripped the skull and the and the spine out of his body and just like tossed the body aside. Yep. That was yeah. It was, a, was, it was a great was, kill. It was a yeah, fantastic was. kill. That was good. Uh low points for me is is kind of the ending, right? I mean, we got it's probably not necessarily the film's fault, but it might have been because we didn't get more predator until you would argue predators, but we have alien versus predator middle. Like it kind of killed, stopped the franchise for a long while. And I don't know if it's because it was so out of place and maybe people didn't get it. Um, but like I said, the ending just showing head, there's other predators. And they had like set up the tease of alien versus predator. And, you know, at that time there only been two movies each. I don't think we were ready for, you know, them being pitted against each other at that point in time. Um, no, not at that time. Interesting enough, um, Predators was, uh, Robert Rodriguez was a big part of that. Um, they approached him to, to write and, like, you know, move forward with a Predators sequel in the 90s. And he wrote Predators in 94. Okay. Like, it, that should have been the next sequel, and they just didn't greenlight it at that time. Now, the funny thing is they greenlit it 15 years later as is. <laughs> okay, so they didn't change anything. They didn't have him, like, redo it or anything. They just greenlit his 1994 script <laughs> and moved forward with that. So they had to make, you know, changes because of the time and everything. But, right. Um, yeah, that, that 
Predators was supposed to come out in 1994. Or probably filmed in 94 and came out in 95. But yeah, it got held off for 15 years because of who knows why. Right. And something I want to point out for for my childhood is I don't remember Predator coming out. Predator 2, all of a sudden, there was Predator action figures, toys, and aliens, like prepping for this alien versus Predator hinted. You know, between Predator 2 and Alien 3, all of a sudden we had kids' toys, which I found very odd. Because I yeah, met a, a lot, lot of them. I, yeah, I mean, you know, I was, yeah, born in the 80s, you know, 84. But when Predator 2 came out, all of a sudden there was action figures that people, like I knew growing up, people had, not knowing the movie. It was just like sci fi action figures that people liked. Yeah, well, they also went in a lot of wacky directions, too. They had a lot of, like, you know, aliens of, like, different animals. Right. You know what I mean? So they had rhino alien, elephant alien. You know, they had, like, all these different ones, and then they had, like, the same ones, only these ones are, like, glow-in-the-dark see-through ones. Right. You know, they just, like, released the same ones. I remember those a lot, too. Yeah, there wasn't. they weren't really attached to any particular movie or anything. Because most of those figures didn't exist in any film media at all. They were just toys. Right. I think yeah. I think the predator glowed in the dark, or I think one of them you're able to look through like, like the visor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that all a bunch of different ones. Yeah, those aliens ones, those predator ones. I mean, yeah, it was it yeah. was definitely a big joint thing. But yeah, most of the stuff was like, you know, figures and 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 toys. Right. Well, there was also the the aliens versus predator video game, the arcade game, which was. I mean, I loved it, but it had nothing to do with the canon <laughs> of, right. the, of the world. But it was, I mean, it was fantastic. I mean, Dutch was in it, but he had a robot arm for some reason. Right. And then he had he had a little little Japanese girl sidekick for some <laughs> reason. I mean, but it was... It was a beat-em-up. It was a beat-em-up. Yeah. The, yeah. the beat-em-ups had nothing to do with most of the stuff that they did anyway. <laughs> right, right. All right, so number of trophy skulls for you for this movie. Predator 2, I will give uh, 7 out of 10 trophy skulls. I'll agree. I will also give it 7 out of 10. It's a solid entry. Not as good as the Mm -hmm. first one. Next question is, is it horror? Um, Again, I think it follows the same formula the first one does. Is that, although I think think this one would probably be even more action than than horror, because most of it is just like shootout stuff. Right. Um, But it follows the same thing. I mean, like half the movie is action, half the movie is is horror, but I think the element of being picked off one by one is is a little bit less in this one. Right. Um, it's more like, you know, they just have like set pieces where he goes in and just kills a shit ton of people, but it's not really like picking anybody off one by one. I mean, they kind of do in a little bit, but it's like they're so close together, I don't think it counts. Right. Um, so yeah, I would say it follows the same pattern as the first one, but I'd say this one has a bit more action. Than the first one. I, I, I agree with that, but I think the the the, the kill scenes were more horror in this one than the first one. Yeah, they were definitely more violent. Yeah. They were def- definitely more bloody and violent. Well, because a couple That's people just got shot by his shoulder cannon, which is, you know, action, not necessarily horror, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so next, canonically, we have Alien versus Predator. Um, I know we can discuss a whole bunch about this, Mm-hmm. We are going to focus only on the Predator side of this because we're going to recap this as well. On the Alien side, we do the Alien franchise. But Alien vs. Predator essentially is um, 
we get introduced to a whole lot of elements that are set up in the alien world of, you know, uh, Wayland is looking at a potential pyramid, a drill site in an island off the Antarctic, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they get a whole bunch of research people. They get the greatest ice climber in the world to go there. Big drill team. They go there. They, you know, plan out this thousand foot drill to see this potential ancient pyramid of, you know, in, in that area. You know, uh, predators shoot a laser beam, drill the hole perfectly, what, 30 degrees or whatever it was. Um, and we get that, you know, people go down there, start investigating, and we find out that it is a, uh, you know, big hodgepodge of every culture, you know, that exists for thousands of years. You know, saying that predators and aliens have been coming to Earth for thousands of years, at least a thousand years, right? Um, and in this, we learned that, you know, uh, the predators are using this base to lure humans in there, get uh, you know, face huggers attached to them to create aliens because they are considered them the greatest prey that the predator can hunt. So predators are using humans as you know incubators to create their greatest adversary at this point in time. Um, and just kind of, I think it's very more alien than predator side. But we you know we found out in this movie that these predators are teenagers. And they're going through a rite of passage. The rite of passage is to get their shoulder cannon, right? Um, and it's just kind of a, just a showdown between aliens and predators if humans just happen to be there, just have to be there, just to be the the host for the, the aliens, right? Right. Um, pretty. I mean, what did you? What were your expectations going into this movie when you first saw it? Um, I mean, expectations. I mean. I mean, you, cause they, they weren't very high. Most of the time when, you know, movie studios, they combine two things together. They usually combine the worst elements of those two things together, and they usually end up being terrible. So I was very, very skeptical about this movie coming in. Uh, just, you know, again, I was just worried about it. I mean, the previews looked okay, but again, there's, you know, you could tell there was a lot of cheese behind it, you know. Right. I was just hoping it would be the good kind of cheese and not the bad kind, but you know, I was I was very very hesitant. I mean, it ended up turning out okay, but yeah, I mean, I I it was my first alien or predator movie in theater for for myself, um, mm-hmm. just because you know first one before I was born, second you know predators wasn't old enough to go see it in theaters, um, and you know I had like I said I had watched this stuff beforehand, and I had some expect I. Had, decent expectations going to see it is two franchises that they, they had previously set up in, in Predator 2. And it I think it made a lot of assumptions. It, it changed I feel in my mind at that point in time and the rewatches you know, tried to change the reason why Predators were on Earth. Right? I, in, in the Predator aspect, they said that the alien xenomorphs are their greatest hunt. Which kind of I feel dissuades or nullifies the first two Predator movies. What do you th- um, or, or do you view it as? Or do you view it as this is the rite of passage for teenagers, and then when they prove themselves, then they go after man. Like they use, or do you say that aliens are more of a weaker species? That's why their teenagers are using it for the rite of passage, and then 
then they become the great hunters in their society. Well, I mean, I think that the the aliens, I mean, the xenomorphs are supposed to be their their ultimate prey. But what this test is supposed to be, I mean, this is, you know, like you said, teenagers trying to pass a rite of patches. This is supposed to be a very controlled environment. Right. So, yes, they're they're hunting the ultimate prey, but they're hunting a limited number in a very limited area, in an area that they know and that they can control. You know, and the aliens are are freshly born. Right. So, right. so they're they're very new to this. And the predators are hunting them on their own territory with with, you know, better tools. Again, it's a there's three of them. There was only supposed to be a total of seven aliens. And that was and that was supposed to be it. There's there's glaring plot holes here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to stay away from the aliens <laughs> side of these plot holes. Um, basically, I'll just sum it up saying the alien side is just a timeline issue. It's just they change the you know canonical timeline for when things are born and things progress and things age. I'll leave right. it at that. Right. Um, now the predator one, I think there's some glaring plot holes here is that, yeah, I, I, I do kind of like the way that they, you know, say, Oh, in the ancient world, you know, thousands of years ago, you know, predators were here and, and humans knew of them. Right. Right. And they, they, they kind of worship them as gods, but more of just like, you know, the, the I think the, the, the upper echelon of their society, right. That's kind of what it seemed to be so like when they ask them like hey we need you to sacrifice yourself so that we can hunt you know because this is our thing this is how we get better this is how we distinguish ourselves as hunting this ultimate prey can you sacrifice yourself and they did and they, like the, as they showed like the, the corpses that were on those altars willingly did so they right. said they weren't t- they weren't tied up they were dressed up nice this is an honor for them like they were all there and it was an honor now here's the glaring plot hole is that the predators were going to that pyramid, right? Yes. Why would they think people were there? How are they going to hunt any aliens? This is in the middle of Antarctica. People aren't even supposed to be there. The best guide in the world was telling them they can't make it there because it's such a hard journey. Why would the predators, where are they going to get the people to put in there? Because the way they act like the last time was, you know, it, in the universe time frame, this is 2004, right? And the last time was 100 years before that when it was the whaling station. So they had, right. they don't go there, and it's only every 100 years. Well, were people in Antarctica in 1804? Um, 1804? I don't think so. Right. I think the big I think the big Antarctic expeditions were in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Right. Um, yeah. So the, I mean, the whaling station is even kind of pushing it. And if you look at the whaling station, there's a lot of stuff there that was way later than 1904. Right. But um, it, like a lot of that metal work and stuff like that, that stuff was not like that in 1904, but whatever. That's, that's, that's <laughs> just a, that's just a nitpicky thing. I mean, I, okay. I, I, I guess they could have like been like, Oh, Oh shit. There's no people here. I guess we'll have to go find some. I guess they could have done that. I'm just, in my mind, it was very convenient that the people were there and the people got trapped in that room when the eggs were ready to go. You know, I mean, it was just very coincidental, convenient for me. I guess it was just done to speed the plot along. But I thought that was a pretty big plot hole that they came here to do this whole thing, but they didn't have any people to be ready for it. 
Well, I mean, um, if they if they're that far back, a thousand years, people a thousand years ago were not going to Antarctica. It's not like the island was that much closer to land at that point well, in time. Yeah, but they also talked about in the movie that I mean, and it actually is true, is that ancient maps show Antarctica as being green. Right. So what they were trying to insinuate is that this great civilization of the predators was probably on Antarctica before it froze over. Okay. And that's why no one has found the, you know, the evidence of it existing is because it's, you know, like they said, whatever, 3000 meters under the ice. Right. I think, I think that's what the, I, I mean, I don't, they didn't explicitly say that, but I'm pretty sure that's what they were. They meant by that is that this great civilization that, failed because obviously they showed you know the pyramid getting overrun by you know it looked like hundreds maybe thousands of xenomorphs so they just set off this huge nuke to kill them all and then that kind of killed their whole you know party on earth so then they just left and then apparently they just came back every every so often to to hunt um and yeah i think if if the humans would not have gone in there and messed around with that pyramid i think everything would have been fine Right. They would have gone through their rite of passage as it was, but the humans went in there and they were looking at stuff and they opened up that sarcophagus and they took out the guns, the, the shoulder cannons, and that started the whole game, right? That started the whole game. So the the predators weren't even inside the pyramid at that point. So they're already down because what the, the plan was, they go in there, they get their guns, they put the guns on, they get ready, and then they go in a controlled environment. You know, because it, it was shifting around so that it would trap the aliens in certain sections. Right. So that they can now go in there and hunt. But again, there was only supposed to be seven of them. And there was what, a team was of it. like 20-ish? Well, yeah, it was like, well, yeah, it very quickly got out of control. And it was way more than they were expecting. And they didn't have the weapons that they were supposed to have to fight them. So these guys were supposed right. to go there to learn how to fight the aliens with the shoulder cannons. And then they ended up going there to fight way more aliens than they expected without their guns. So they were like essentially fighting them with hand weapons, which I mean, they did pretty good. I mean, in the beginning, they were not doing well at all because like one alien killed two of them immediately. Right. Like the first fight they got into one alien killed two freaking predators. And then the third guy was obviously good enough to, to keep going. But yeah, so two of them failed immediately, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think they they would have been fine. It would have been a normal uh, rite of passage. I think everything would have been under control and they would have made it through if the humans didn't, you know, set the thing off early and mess everything up. That's why everything got out of control. That's why everybody died. Right. Do you, do you think it contributed in any way to the predator lore? Do you think it gives more insight into their society, seeing that they had different passages? They had, like, a teenage passage and they had you know, proving grounds of leading up to hunt humans and other species. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they kind of, well, I think they, they kind of, they did expand. I mean, it did add something. I'm just saying that the main, I think the big expansions happened at the very end of predator two, when they showed that, you know, the aliens skull and out skull of all these different animals showing that this isn't just earth. They do it everywhere. You know, they do it all over the place. So, like, at that point, right. we already knew they go everywhere. They've been doing it for a long time. They kill all these different things and take trophies of them. So we already knew all that kind of stuff. It just adds some flavor into, you know, the rituals of them. You know, like, they, they are stable enough to have, like, some kind of culture, right? Some kind of, 
you know, like well, they're, they're, they had a, a pyramid, a home kind of thing. Well, they're a warring tribe, right? Like they're, right. they're like equivalent of the Spartans, right. I would say. That you, know, you you assume every pyramid is that way, but it's not necessarily the case. You know, you don't, we don't necessarily know that, but they right. are well, I mean, they pride uh, themselves on their fighting skills. Well, again, and that would be like us running through the forest as aliens. You know, you know, picture we're aliens from another world, right? Yeah. And we come to Earth, and we're running around in the forest, and the only run-in we have with native people is a bunch of hillbillies with guns in the woods. Right. Right? Like, to us, that's what all humanity is, is hillbillies <laughs> running around in the woods with guns, right? So we leave the planet going, wow, those guys suck. You know, all they want to do is kill everybody, you know? Right. But obviously the whole rest of the world has a lot of different cultures, a lot of different kinds of people that aren't like that at all, but those are the only ones we experience. So yeah, they might have a great grand society somewhere. And the only ones we see are the hunters coming out here, you know, to be their trophy hunters for all we know, they might be a tiny little subsection of their society. But since that's the only one we ever see, we just assume they're all like that. Right. So yeah, who knows? I mean, it does bring a grander picture into it, especially at the end with, you know, like grandpa predator coming out. Right. You know, do you think it was worth the 14 year wait of the setup from predator two? No, <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, again, it's not, it's not bad. It's not a, a bad movie. I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. I, I would say it's very average. Um, it's just, yeah, like some of the places it went to, I was just kind of like, eh, like that. But, you know, some of the places it was interesting, you know, it's like, you know, they're trying to fill in gaps, you know, they're trying to, to do interesting things. Again, I just have problems with. <laughs> well, then let's get into you know, the highlights and low points for you of this movie. Predator mm-hmm. side, Predator side. We, we, right, alien side's a right. whole other can of worms. Um, predator side, uh, the high point would be, um, you know, that we get to see a little bit of their, you know, culture. We get to see that they have like rituals and these rituals are like thousands of years old right for you know for these you know younger predators to like you know earn their chops right to earn their weapons to earn their place coming of age story right yeah so like yeah yeah, they get to like you know so we show that they don't all just hey here's all your weapons go out and hunt stuff no they have to like earn it you know so there's obviously levels there's obviously a hierarchy of some kind um i think that's interesting that it you know fleshes that out and gives you a lot of flavor into you know how they earn it and how they work that there's, you know, not necessarily honor, but some kind of Code. sportsman like, right. Yeah. yeah. Something. Right. Um, I think that's, that's interesting. Um, as far as the low point, I would have to say, because it's Paul W.S. Anderson, the way that he just kind of, <laughs> he just, he takes something right. And he's not necessarily pushing it too far, but I think he pushed it way too close to that line to where I think he took, too much of that franchise that he was like, he thought that he could control like that whole, the predators having a whole civilization here thousands of years ago. You know what I mean? Like that whole kind of thing. Like I, I, I get it. I, I just don't think it was necessary. And I don't think, I, I don't like the way that he did that. So I like part of it. Cause I like the ritual part of, you know, them, you know, earning it and them hunting, you know, especially, you know, the hunting the aliens, their ultimate prey, but I don't like the way that he went all the way back just to just to have a, a backstory. I don't think it even needed that much backstory. Right. But, you know, I just, I just felt like he took too far of steps in that franchise to make it his own. And I don't think it was necessary. 
Yeah, highlights for me, um, the lore. The, I mean, I love good stories. I love lore. I like the world building. That, that that part was good for the Predator side. I think the low point is quite honestly, I I don't feel like. I mean, I guess there's precedent for it, like you know, with Danny Glover being accepted as a part of the Predator clan, and the the woman who's left alive at the end, um, being initiated into it. But I just don't know if I see would I have ever seen the Predator as an as an ally of humans. I know they're fighting the you know, enemy of my enemy, but I just don't. I don't see any reason why necessarily even when things got out of hand that they would have kept any human alive because any any um, alive human yeah. is going to be able to potentially be a host create more aliens so i think they would have killed any alive human to stop that from happening um and, and that and that's fair and i think and and most of the franchise really they do that you know even you know when they're you know fighting aliens and doing other things most of the time they just at at, at worst ignore humans right, right. just like I don't care. You're useless. You're not going to help me. Just get the hell out of my way. Right. You know, I mean, sometimes they get in their way and then they just kill them and brush them aside, you know, because they're just in the way, but like, otherwise they'll just ignore them. They don't care. That's not the purpose right there. And this one, I think the only reason why he actually cared, because yeah, the first time I watched it, I didn't, I didn't get it either. I'm like, what is up with this? But this one, I, I, I didn't really catch it because they don't really force it. Usually they force those kind of things, but they forced it is that she saved his life. Right. Like he was going to be killed by that alien. Like he was going to be killed. If she didn't come by and stab it with that spear when she did, he would have been dead. And I think he recognized that. And I think that's why, I mean, obviously he didn't give her any of his weapons, you know, right. he didn't think of her. He didn't think well that well of her, but he was like, okay, here, you know, I'll give you a chance. Right. You know, I'll show you that, yeah, this head works as a shield because you don't get burned by the acid. And then, you know, here's a, a spear made out of its tail. Good luck. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't really, like, actively try to, like, fight back to back with her or anything. I think he just respected her enough that, you know, she saved his life that he was like, okay, I will give you a chance. You know, do you I'm think not, that you know, goes against? Do you think that goes against their code? Do you think that goes against their thing? Because when they're in that state of loss... I think what he would they would have done is detonate and just blow into all the hell. And well, damn if she was yet. there or not. Yeah, but not yet. But again, knowing the ending, they knew that all those grandpa aliens or, the, or you know the other predators were there. Yeah. They knew that the shit was right. not gonna get that out of hand because they were being watched. So by blowing that shit up, he's just gonna kill everyone and everything, and then he has no chance to get out. I don't think he ran out of chances to get out until he was literally right next to that fucking ship. Like that's when he finally got, you know, the stab where he was like, ah, shit, I'm dead. But at that point he was literally right next to the ship. And he knew that Okay. because in his visor, he can see the ship. Obviously we didn't see through his eyes. So we didn't know that, but right. he knew he, the ship was right there. It sucks for him that he died right next to it. But I mean, I don't think he had to blow anything up because he knew he was right there. Um, but I think they set the precedence before is that when, you know, the humans show themselves as worthy, you know, whether because, you know, in, in Predator 2, 
she, sh- you know, Danny Glover showed himself as worthy by killing the predator in hand to hand combat. Right. Right. That to them is at least worth something. So they go, you know, here, here's an old gun, right? <laughs> this is a trophy that I took, you know, it's, you can have it now. And I think this one was, you know, because she killed an alien and also she killed an alien in defense of that predator. He gave her the mark. Right. On her cheek. Now, when that grandpa predator saw that mark on her cheek, obviously he knew that that other predator gave it to her because, you know, she doesn't know their language. She doesn't know what that means. Right. So obviously she was marked, which means that she followed the rituals according to their code, which means she got out. She did what she was supposed to do. Right. That's why he gave her the spear. Right. She, she passed the company of age predator test. Right. Exactly. Okay. And, you know, obviously she didn't come out with the shoulder cannon like she was supposed to, but because of, you know, they respected what she did, they gave her the spear and they obviously didn't take her with. So they don't, they don't like her that much that they're going to take her with her, or anything. but they respected it. You know, they, that's their level of their code and they left. All right. Well, for you, what, what do you, how many trophy skulls do you have this one? Um, I will give this one uh six out of ten trophy skulls. Six out of ten? Yep. I'm gonna have to go with seven. I liked it more than Predator 2, quite honestly. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well oh, uh, on, on average, on, on the same. Let's go with the same. There, I gave them both sevens, right? Mm. So the question is, is it horror? Um this, I mean, it, it it skirts that line, but I would say it's even less horror than Predator Two is, because most of it is just like just stuff happening. I mean, there's no like really lurking. Well, I guess there was, you know, the people were like running around in the little tunnels. There was a little bit of it, you know, when they were getting grabbed by the aliens and stuff. I mean, I guess that was part of it. So I guess so. I guess it's about the same level as Predator Two, though. Now that I think. About it. More I'd actiony say, than horror, but elements of both. I'd say it's more sci-fi than action. I think it's skirting mm. the sci-fi horror more than action. It's fair. Definitely, yeah, there's definitely the three elements involved. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, that's fair. I get that. And to the next one. Alien vs. Mm-hmm. Predator Requiem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, now, okay, I will say this. I did not hate it this time. I've only seen it twice in my life. Once was just recently today, and the other was when it came out. And I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I was very, very disappointed. Um, and then I, I didn't watch it again. I, like, tried to purge it out of my mind, and I didn't watch it again until today. Uh, but I will say it was not as bad as I remember it being, but... It is still bad. So let's brief synopsis of it is it, it, it picks up right where Alien vs. Predator takes off, right? Okay. I will I will say this. It's an alternate world <laughs> where this happens. Okay, because I'm just I'm sorry, I'll let you continue <laughs> after after I say this. Um at the very end of Aliens vs. Predator. The grandpa alien hands her the spear. They get in their ship. They fly away, right? How many predators yes. were there? Like, I don't know, Five. 15, maybe? Uh, oh, yeah. It was a bunch. There's a lot, yeah. right? And it was a it was a big-ass ship. Right. 
And they, they went, they brought that body onto that ship, that ship. We saw it happen. Right. And then we see okay. the, then we see the yeah. ch- doors closed, yeah. doors closed. It takes off. It goes into space. Now two literally uses the footage from the first movie to show that that ship is in space. Now, how many people are on that ship now? Isn't it just one? Yeah. It's one person. There's one predator and the dead body. Now, where those other 15 people went, how did the ship shrink? Because it shrank. Right. It was a giant ship, and now it's a tiny ship. So, like, yeah, whatever. You know, of course, even the okay, there's so many things that upset me. I'm, I'm going to, do you want to just go through this first? Do you want to, do you want me to just continue complaining, or do you want to go through the synopsis well, well, first? Well, so we'll go quick, quick, we can go through the quick, stupid synopsis of this horrible, okay. horrible all right, movie. All right. All right, all so right. obviously, end of Alien versus Predator. You know, or he gets the face hugger on him, and we get the, the last scene is the the chest burster right coming out mm-hmm. of the Predator. And now there's there's a couple of alien, the Predators on the ship. He the the this new hybrid Predator, Alien Predator, if you want to call him. I think it's called the Alien Predator at this point in time, right? It's called the Predalien. The Predalien. <laughs> That's literally the name of it. Wow. It's the Predalien. Wow, that's really dumb. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it you know it emerges very predator qualities to this alien, which you know we can discuss with the alien thing. The aliens take over the shape of what they hatch out of, essentially. Yes, yeah, so it does have dreadlocks. Yeah, so it has has it has the face right, mm-hmm. um, and then essentially because it's on that ship, makes the ship crash into a town, and. Um, you know, so a cleanup crew essentially sees this happen, right? Mm-hmm. So they have to go come clean up this mess of this event. Mm-hmm. And just more about humans, you know, more about aliens and this stuff. Not necessarily a lot of predator items, but, you know, they, I think that in this movie, especially with the town, you know, getting split up. You know, the government kind of knows what's happening with the aliens that are happening, you know, kind of blow it up. Um, and, you know, we really see a human use the hand cannon a lot as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just more, it's, it's just alien versus predator, but done worse for the second one. Like, I, I, right. I don't know how else to describe the synopsis other than, you know, a town trying to survive the infestation of this creature and the government's plan to destroy it. And then the cleanup crew from the predators company clean up and get rid of anything else and, and kill this abomination to their culture or their, their species. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know what I can really say about the synopsis of this. <laughs> no, and that's fair. I mean, yeah, there's, it's very, yeah, it's very, very simple. Um, it's very um, bland, and, generic. Right. Right. And then, okay, now I'm going to start All right. complain, complaining more now. Um, yeah, so my first issue is obviously the ship is like they didn't understand the ship. I mean, there, there's very clearly at the end of Aliens vs. Predators, a lot of Predators on this ship. It's a big ship. Right. Now, they, they use the same footage, which means it's the same ship. And in the second one, all of a sudden now, there's only a couple of Predators on this ship. Okay? That's this giant ship that shrinks because when it crashes on Earth, it is not big. It's a little, it's, a, it's like a, one of their normal sized ships, which is a single person ship. So I don't know, again, just completely, you know, 
broke the, the continuity there. Two, they already established in the earlier movies that they have X-ray vision and can see when an alien is inside of someone. Yes. Okay, so why would they leave a predator's body that has an obvious alien inside of it when they can scan it very easily and see that in the open with no one watching it? I mean, this is they know this animal. They hunt it. They know everything about it. This is one of their major things that they hunt. It's a you know ritual, you know, it's a, the coming of age thing, all that kind of stuff. How would that? Why would they make that huge mistake? That doesn't make. They should have spaced it. Space the body. Or, or put it in a jar. I mean, anything. They could have done anything <laughs> except they left it on a table <laughs> and walked away. Like right. literally, it's on a, a table in an open room. Like there's not even a closed door to where it is. It's just open hallways. It's stupid, ridiculous. So yeah. So all these all these predators die, right? So this thing in its infantile state, which I somehow grew immediately. Right. I mean, like it went from a chest burst to do a full alien in like what ten seconds. Right. Yes. Um, so obviously we have the same problem as the first one, only more amplified to where they don't understand the timeline that's supposed to be involved. And so this thing wiped out three aliens immediately in its infant state. Now they, the, the, this guy, I mean, they don't even say who it is. This predator on this other world, like gets a, a, a coded message, right? Yeah. looks like their city, right? Gets this coded message that shows, Oh, look, it's a pred alien that just wiped out multiple aliens, right? Yes. Um, I'm going to go do this by myself. Like, you know that Earth is like one of your game preserves, right? You Like, multiple predators go there to hunt all the time. Like, if aliens get out and take over the planet, that totally fucks up your whole thing. There is no way in hell that they would only send one predator. There's no way that they would only send one. It doesn't right. make any sense. That makes no sense. Unless he's the, unless he's the cleaner. He's well, that. unless he's the cleaner. And obviously, by what happens in this movie, he's not. <laughs> right. Right? I mean, like, I mean, he's good, but he gets his ass handed to him in almost every fight. Yes. You know, and it's not like they didn't know there was a pred alien there. They did. And I'm sure they've seen one before. Because, again, if they've been... As the first Alien vs. Predator establishes, they've been hunting xenomorphs for thousands of years. So at some would be point the first in time, time this happened. Yeah. Right. And they would know how dangerous it is. They would there right. is no way that they would only send one person there, not dumb. Again, if there's three people hunting seven aliens in a controlled environment. Sorry, I kept calling them people. Three predators <laughs> finding fighting aliens in a controlled environment, right? And now you're going to where there's potentially hundreds, possibly thousands of these things. You said one dude. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. Stupid. It, it just, again, there's so many dumb things about this movie. Um, <laughs> the Pred, I mean, they just, I don't think they watch the alien side of this at all. Like at all. I mean, because like I get, they, they saw that, oh, when they, when they take over somebody's body, they take on the characteristics of that. I think that's all. They just stopped reading at that point. Right. Because there's no queen, um, but somehow a male drone is able to, like, lay eggs through its mouth. <laughs> I mean, it only doesn't in, make only, any sense. Only, only pregnant women that we know of. Well, how, uh, th- how else would he have 
been able to keep doing it because there was only like what three face huggers that survived the crash. Right. So like the, the and those they die immediately. They only do they're one and done. Right. Like they in, inject one and then they're done. So if they followed the normal rules of the alien universe, there would only be four total. And instead, they're they just they're all over the place. Like, but again, they show like weird stuff to where like when they grab people, they're just like stabbing them with their mouth, like their ejector mouths. Right. They're just like stabbing them, like they're doing it for fun. But it, like, I, I again, I don't understand what they're doing. Like, if they don't understand the aliens at all, they're just like stabbing them. They're just like killing people that they don't need to kill for no reason. Like aliens have always like they capture you and they wall you up. That's what they've always done. And this one, they don't. They just randomly murder people. And then they, like, somehow inject them with eggs, and like, multiple eggs. And then those eggs hatch immediately. And then they grow up immediately. Right. Which, again, so it's like. Well, I mean, in, in, in fairness, if that's what happens with that species, then, yeah. I mean, if that's if that's actually what happens, right? If that's canonically what happens when you have a predator infected with an alien. That yes, they should send more than one cleaner. Absolutely, if it's that, if that is the norm in the alien world, which is whole other thing, right? Yes, I mean, from predator standpoint, awful. From alien standpoint, awful. Let's face it. Well, that's it. The predator. I mean, as far as like, as I was, I was trying to watch this just solely for the predator <laughs> aspect of it. I mean, it, it's so hard for me because I'm, I'm a, such a huge aliens fan, and, and it just cuts in so hard on the alien stuff. Uh, but just watching it purely from the predator side of things, they did a pretty decent job of of keeping the predators like what they should have been. Aside from not sending the right number of people to you know to counter this threat. But like the way that that predator fights, the way that he kind of acts, he's pretty faithful to like the hunter code, right? Um, I mean, but I think I, he. But gives, I would even say he's not a hunter in this. I like I said, he's a cleaner. That like it's almost like he's a different uh, job in, in their species. Like he's not yeah, doing. Like, he's yeah, not he's, doing it to hunt. He's doing it to stop a spread of essentially a disease at this point. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, he's not he's not there for trophy skulls. He's there to kill the aliens. I mean, and that's that's fair. That's that's exactly. But aside just taking it from that side of it, like he does a pretty good job of that. Like that's exactly what he does. He just keeps tracking. He keeps finding them. He keeps trying to kill them. The thing that strikes me is like if he's a cleaner specifically designed to to clean aliens, he doesn't do a great job of that. Right. Like he gets he gets his ass kicked by him like almost every time. I mean, yeah, usually he lives, but like he gets his ass kicked and then they get away. Now, is this because this is the versus faction and because it's two giant IPs that the ending had to happen the way it did? That not once again, neither side wins of alien or now, okay. Yeah, like I didn't remember that ending before, and I I kind of like that ending because it's a bad ending. Yeah. And I like Ben. And I mean, obviously, some of the people got away, and I don't, I didn't, you know, I get that. But you don't expect all those people to die. The entire town, <laughs> right? Yeah, you don't expect the entire town to get evaporated. They didn't even really show them. They just show them get to the center of town, and then they just die. I mean, they're just the government completely wiped out. The government pulls right a the crazies on them just to stop right. the spread of a, a, a disease. Duke it. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. They did the Raccoon City, which is right. yeah, outbreak is out of control. Just nuke it, and that's what they did. And again, that's what the government would do, and that's what they should do in that situation, right? Um, yeah. You just don't expect it. You just you just don't expect it at all. And yeah, some people did live, but yeah, they're probably going to be living in a lab for the rest of their life. Right. But, uh, so I mean, uh, do you think there's any highlights of this movie? Quite honestly, so I rewatched um, it. I when I rewatched it last week is probably my second time. Yeah, I would. I would like I said, I tried to watch it solely through the Predator's eyes, and again, just on I'm trying to put blinders <laughs> on to the to the Predator side of it. I would say that is a high point. I think they did a decent job with showing like this guy is here to eliminate these aliens. He's he's got the tools to do it, and he does it. I mean, yeah, a lot of people die as collateral, and he doesn't care. But that's not his job. He's not there to care. He's there to wipe this thing out. And as far as the predator side of things, I think they did a good job aside from, you know, the glaring things that I've already brought up. But other than that, I thought they did a pretty good job on the, on the predator little slice of that. Um, obviously the low point for me is just the horrible use of the aliens. I mean, just right. completely subverting everything that's been established in, in all the movies prior to that, just completely out the window. But yeah, that's my low point. Do you, uh, I think if he was going to do this alone as the, as the sole cleaner of the species that he mm. would want, uh, once he saw the, uh, you know, all the control of this that happened, that he might give up weapons. He might arm the humans to help fight and stop this. You know, if, oh, if we're yeah. able to see, if we're able to see, you know, in the last alien versus predator, they go, Hey, we need to team up and stop this queen from escaping. You think they would do the same thing? Like, is just uh, humans surviving this outbreak? Like I said, put in any disease, put in anything else in terms of aliens for diseases like the crazies or the stand or anything else. Like, if there's a way to stop it, that the, I feel the predator would have done it. Like, he should I, be able to have a situation and armed. The, the humans to stop them. And I think that's fair, but I think in his mind, if you kind of, you know, watch it just on, on his little slice of it, um, I think he still thought he had shit under control up until that fight on the roof. Okay. I think he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've had some setbacks, but I'm still doing okay. I'm still killing a lot of aliens. I still got my weapons or I still got some weapons. I'm doing okay. You know, like I'm doing, I'm doing good. And I don't think he really realized what was going up or what was going to happen to him until he was fighting that thing on the roof and realizing that he was not going to win. And I think that until, until that point, I think he saw humans as not helpful to him. They were just going to be in his way. Like he didn't need their help because he thought he had it under control. Once again, you think he would have killed the humans to stop the spread. Oh, I don't think he, uh, again, you know, they show <laughs> that they, he knows he has the x-ray vision. He can tell who's been infected and who hasn't. And in, in this movie, I mean, the time taken to gestate it, that the face hugger is like so short that like, basically they're either, you know, if they are infected, they're going to be dead in 10 minutes anyway. Right. So like that window of being infected is so small that it's pointless to even think that like if a human is alive, 
99, you know, 0.9 repeating chance that they're fine. So I don't, that, again, following this established timeline of the aliens happening in the first movie and in this movie, you know, and how short that timeline is. I don't think he would have cared. I don't, I mean, yeah, eventually it might've gotten to that point, but again, wiping that out is you're killing all these potential people that you could be hunting later. Right. You know I mean, that's like a rancher, you know, like a rancher with cattle. Like if you got, you know, cattle that are sick, are you going to kill all of them? I mean, sometimes they do, right. But you're going to try to quarantine them. You're going to try to just get rid of the sick ones and keep the rest of them because that's a lot of money. That's your livelihood. Right. And I think, you know, they were probably trying to do some version of that. And I, I think, again, I think he thought he had it all like, under control until that fight on the roof when he decided to go 1v1, <laughs> you know, hand to hand with the thing and then realized that he was not going to win. Do you think that predator should have lived instead of being wiped out by humans? No, because he wasn't that good. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if he's a guy that's he's supposed to be so good that he's like they only send one dude to wipe out all of these aliens and he gets his ass kicked like that. Yeah, they need a new cleaner. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, that's just survival of the fittest. All right. So trophy skulls mm-hmm. for you. Um, Again, there are more um, bright spots than I remember there being. Like I said, he was concentrating on the predator side and then and the bad ending, which I do love, uh, will bring it up from well, what I originally thought the score was going to be. I'll bring it up to four. To four. It'll be four out of ten trophy skills. Uh, three or four for me. I'm going to go with three. I just, <laughs> I, I could not, like, I re- Really did not want to watch this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was dreading it too. Like I saw it in theaters. I'm like, at, at that point in time, like this has got to be the worst movie in theaters that I paid money for that I've ever seen in theater at that point in my life. That's fair. That's that's <laughs> a fair statement. I'm just like I don't know if I ever want to watch this again. Like you know, like when when the Blu-rays came out and I got the Aliens, I got the Predators, I go. I'm not getting this. This is not being a Blu-ray collection for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't think I have the Aliens vs. Predators. I don't think I have either one of those on Blu-ray. I'm, if I do, I only have the first right. one. I know for a fact I've never gotten the second. So, is it horror? Um, I would say there's elements of the human side of that that would be horror, you know, like in the beginning when the infection was first starting, there's definitely some horror elements there, you know, um, again, not as much. I would say it's a, probably about the same level as the first one, you know, the, the humans were right. around the little tunnels, get hunted by aliens. I would say it's about on the same level. So, you know, again, you know, sci-fi, it's going to be the three, the sci-fi action horror. I'd say it's more, um, action than sci-fi than horror. If I'm looking at this from, like I said, compared to the standard of the crazies, if I took this as a zombie outbreak or outbreak movie, it's pure horror. Because if you treat the aliens as that infection, as a disease, and people not knowing who's infected right away, and you're bringing people with you who might spawn one of these creatures that can kill you, to me, that's pure horror. That's a big storyline in a lot of horror movies. 
And that's fair. And you know what? I think if they would have kept the original timeline from the Aliens movies where, you know, the, the gestation could take days. Yeah. Um, that's a very fair statement because, yeah, you don't know. Are these people infected? Are they not? Right. You know, we don't we don't have a way to, you know, we'd have to, like, you know, put them in a medical thing and, like, you know, give them an MRI to see. Um, yeah. But, again, since they shortened the time so much, it's like if you let, you know, let them stand there for 15 minutes and they don't die, you know, they're not infected. Right. I mean, if, yeah, if they if they if they span it out properly, it could have been just a, a disease movie. It could have been a plague type movie, and ending ending yeah. the ending is one. Yeah, that's fair. No, I said I, I think it would have been much better if they kept the original timeline and then slowed it down a little. Bit. Right. Like it was like you know it was like as soon as the wheels touched the road, it was like going hundred miles an hour the whole time. Uh, but again, they didn't want to stop that momentum. That's why it's like, oh, let's shorten the, the gestation time. Let's shorten the, you know, ma- ma- maturation time of these aliens, you know, just 15 right. minutes each, <laughs> you know? So like time of implantation to a full grown alien is like what? I mean, and there's instances in the movie where it's instantaneous. Right. It's like immediate. Right. But I would say like probably what? Five yeah. minutes? Five, ten, ten minutes. minutes. Absolutely. It, like, they, that's, they get I mean, the, that's they get the face hugger. They wake up. They die. <laughs> right yeah it's like it's it's ridiculous if they would have kept the original timeline i think it would have been a much better movie slow it down a little bit you know give it some tension right give it some suspense yeah i think it would have been it, much better I, yeah i definitely yeah. would think it would have been a better horror side of it it had the groundwork for it just executed mm-hmm. poorly correct all right i'll agree with that predators um predators you want to do the synopsis I, on this i know you love this yeah movie. i'll do this <laughs> i love this movie um, again, uh, I love this storyline. I love, the, I love the storyline. There's a lot of movies and shows that do this, but the storyline where there's a bunch of people that are, they don't know each other. They wake up in a, in a place that they are unfamiliar with and they have to try to figure out who these people are, why you're there, you know, what's going on, that kind of thing. I just love that storyline. It's great. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so a bunch of people, um, you know, essentially wake up mid falling from the sky um, and realize that, you know, they're, they're falling to earth or the ground and, you right. know, a parachute, you know, pops up and they land. Now they are fully armed. You know, they're still wearing armor. They have bullets, they have guns, you know, they're, everything is there. Um, you know, and it ends up being uh, eight of them. I think there's eight total, right? Yeah. Um, there was supposed to be more, but some of them died. Falling. Didn't open, you know, there's yeah. the one guy. Yeah, there's a couple of them that died, you know, so there's probably supposed to be, you know, at least 10. But anyway, there ends up being, you know, eight of them that survive and you got all the different kinds of people. You got the, you know, the the typical uh, American mercenary guy. You have the, uh, you know, Israeli Defense Forces sniper uh, lady. You have uh, the Russian, you know, the, the Chechen Russian counterinsurgency guy with a minigun. Yeah. Um, you got the uh, the cartel assassin this is danny trejo yeah. um you have the convict walter goggins this serial killer yeah yeah topher grace the serial right. killer uh you have the yakuza dude the japanese yakuza dude um then you have uh, mahershala ali as the the african like death squad guy right like that's eight right yeah yeah that's eight so that's all of them so i mean it's it's a fantastic cast i mean again you got you know mahershala ali before he was anybody you know, was playing a you know a stereotypical African accented guy, which I think is funny for him because he's a fantastic actor and he's very held back by this role. But still, funny to see him in such a, a small role. 
Um, but yeah, like everybody else is huge. I mean, yeah, Adrian Brody. Um, I mean, Alex yep. Braga has been in a lot of stuff. Walter Goggins has been in a ton of stuff. I mean, I think he's bigger now than he was at that time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's a, he's a character. I mean, Danny Trejo. Everybody knows who Danny Trejo is. Topher Grace. I mean, you forget, everybody knows you forget who Grace good old Larry Fishburne. Oh, well, yeah, but he's not one of the people that falls from the sky, but he does show up later. Yes. Um, But yeah, fantastic cast. I think everybody plays their role really, really well. Um, And essentially, yeah, it follows the same predator thing. We're like, okay, you know, let's let's try to figure out where we are. Like, where are we going? And, you know, they're slowly figuring out that they're not on Earth. (laughs) Right. Like, they're they're like, okay, we're we are not on Earth. You know, eventually they get to like a high ground and they see that there's like, you know, different planet alignments and stuff. The sun never moves from its spot in the sky. So it's always daytime. Um, you know, there's a lot of things pointing to this, but not being earth, but it takes them a while to figure it out. And then like almost immediately when they figure it out, you know, like dogs start chasing them around. Right. And they do manage to take them, the, the dogs out. They do lose one that the cartel guy, you know, goes down. Um, and then, you know, as they figure that out, they're like, you know, and then, you know, he gets like his body's like, trapped and you know the you know say hey don't try to help them you know this is an obvious trap they throw the rock out there they see that it's a trap uh and then they basically figure out like okay we're being hunted like we are here to be hunted like we're the prey right. um and then at you know at the end of that you know and of course because they're you know they're smarter soldiery type people um you know they they you know kind of try to to push it back on them um you know so they go back to their camp and they see that there's the, the predator is like tied up. I'm like, what is that? What is that? Like a pole or a, a monument? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Right. Um, and, and he's, you know, a predator that looks very much like the predator did in the, in the first two movies. Um, yep. you know, you know, basic armor, you know, all this stuff, you know, he looks like, like that. Um, you know, so they have a little bit of a showdown. Doesn't go very well. Yeah. Um, and they, and they ended up, they ended up leaving. And at that point, there's not that many of them left. I think, who did they lose in that fight? I think they lost the, the Mahershal Ali, and then... They lost the Hughes guy fleeing before they get to... What? No, it's not. No, they didn't lose him there. Um, yeah, because yeah, they once... lost Danny Trejo when the dogs came. They, I think they lost Mahershal Ali when they went back to the camp. Um, yeah, yeah, they lost him there. He was the, he was yeah. the bait. Right. But the Yakuza, the um, Russian, Topher Grace, they all meet up with Larry Fishburne after that. Right. Yeah, they they meet up with Larry Fishburne. Larry Fishburne is, is the survivor who's been there. For, he doesn't, I, I did, so you don't even really know how long he's been there because he's crazy. Do we lose, so, Wal- like, do we like, lose Walter at that? Do we, do we lose Walter at that point? No, he, he makes it all the way through this thing. Okay. He makes it all the way through to the very end of this. Um, And so, uh, yeah, so, you know, he's like talking to himself and he's obviously like, goofy he's been there for a long time um i think the one really interesting thing that i like about him is like, he, he has a predator mask and he can turn on the invisibility and stuff um and he has like guns and shit so obviously he's been there for a long time looks like he's scavenged a bunch of shit but if you look at the predator mask what what is holding it on his head is an old samurai helmet i did not see um, that and then yeah, that's an old samurai helmet that it's holding. I mean, it's the predator mask in the front, but what's holding it on his head is, is the rest of that is an old samurai helmet. And then obviously the Yakuza guy finds the katana that's in there. Right. And he says it's really old, which means that they've been bringing people to this game preserve for what? I mean, 
if, if you go at the end of the samurai era, you're talking, you know, what, mid 1800s. Yeah. So at the very least, they've been bringing people to this planet to hunt them since the mid 1800s, probably longer than that, but they still had samurai <laughs> up until about that point in time. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, they're there. Um, Larry Fishburne betrays them, tries to steal all their shit, um, and he ends up screwing himself and gets killed. Um, and they're trying to get out of this place because it's like a big, what is it, like a big drill machine or something that they're hiding in? Something like that. Something like that, um, yeah. But anyway, they're, yeah, they're trying to get out of this big machine. Um, yeah, Topher Grace gets separated from them, and, you know, it's like running around screaming like an idiot. <laughs> um, and so... Um, the Russian guy goes back to help him. Um, Topher Grace ends up getting out. Russian guy ends up dying, protecting him. Um, when they get out, the one predator attacks them, and that's when Walter Goggins jumps on his back and starts shanking him. Oh, yep, yep. Um, and then he dies very shortly after that. Um, so then they they get away, and then it's um, yeah. At that point, it's. And as they're running away, the Yakuza guy with his newfound katana decides to to get buy them time for them to get even further away. So he stops and has like a one on one sword fight <laughs> with one of the predators, uh, which was pretty cool. I like that part. Yeah, he would. Uh, so though. they end up killing. Each. I mean, yes. Yeah. Well, well, it's a he kills victory, the predator. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They both they kill each other, but at least he took a predator out. Um, so yeah, so at that point, um, by the time they come back around, cause then they go back to the camp, um, cause they come up with the idea that basically they're going to cut down that other predator and get him to fly their ship out of right. it. Right. Cause Larry Fishburne gives them the idea that, oh yeah, they have a ship. How else do you think they're getting here? So they're trying to get away. So yeah, at that point it's, um, yeah, it's Adrian Brody, um, Isabel, the, the sniper, yep. Topher Grace, and uh, is that it? it? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think it, I think everybody else has died up until that point. Anyway, yeah, so they get there. Um, uh, yeah, like Adrian Brody cuts the the guy down. Um, you know that that guy turns on the ship or whatever, um, and and sends it to leave. And Adrian Brody runs away to the ship, and then the the other predator, who's the only one left, there was three of them. Um, and now there's only one of those left. And so the classic predator fights that guy, you know, and they're, they're duking it out. And the, eventually the classic predator leaves. And then the other guy looks up, sees the ship leaving and then just blows it up. Just like remote control blows it up. Um, so at that point, um, Alice Braga, Topher Grace, they fall into like a, a pit, right? It's like a pit yep. trap thing. Um, yeah. And they're stuck like in trap. there. And then yeah. that's when, right. And then that's where, because yeah, up until this point, everybody was like, "Well, Topher Grace is just this nerdy doctor, right? You know, like everybody else is like a trained killer, right? A trained soldier. Like, what? You know, he's the oddball. Why is he here? And you find out that he was a serial killer. Um, and he he stabs her with this poison stuff that paralyzes her. Um, you know, she can't talk, she can't move, nothing. Um, and you know, he's like, you know, giving this kind of villain monologue. <laughs> um, and Preparing then Adrian Brody comes prepared, back, yeah. Yeah, preparing her to make yeah, her yeah, a, she, yeah. a trophy kill for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. He's now trying to be the predator. So yeah, he's gonna you know be the kill her as his trophy, whatever. So Adrian Brody comes back. You know they thought he was dead, but he comes back, and then you know 
Though for Grace is shocked. Alice Braga is obviously trying to communicate with her eyes what is happening, but she can't talk. Um, so he pulls them out. Um, you know, and she's kind of paralyzed. And then, you know, of course, Topher Grace tries to to come at Agent Brody from behind, and you know, Agent Brody deflects it easily, kills him. Um, and then he goes, Arnold. You know, he puts on the mud, right? And he, and he fight, and he fights the alien, you know, hand to hand, um, or whatever. And then, yeah, he wins. Game over. Right. End of movie. And then they're gonna try to get away. You know the next. Well, cycle they see they see well that, they see more they see more parachutes dropping. So the next cycle, the next season already started. Right, but I mean, it it does show that some time has passed because at that point they have their gear and clothes and stuff back yeah. on. So they don't really say how long it's been, but it's been some time from the end when they see those parachutes coming down. But yeah, so at that point they're they've now taken over the Larry Fishburne role of being the survivor. Right. And they're going to be on the next cycle. So, I mean, yeah, this is, I, I thought this was a fantastic movie. I thought it was a good return to form after the two AVPs that we had. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked it. I really liked that in the, the fight with the Predator. And the Predator that was tied up was a smaller than the other Predators they were facing. So there's like different races in the same species of the predator that they were even hunting their mm-hmm. own weaker species of themselves right you know i mm-hmm. think that uh agent Brody using the mud was a good callback i think and then using fire to have the flare-ups for the heat signatures to help hide himself too was something that had never been done either and i think that was really smart for him to do mm-hmm. um no i yeah, the, the, the classic storyline you know that we're gonna discuss in a future episode of People waking up, not knowing where they are, trying to figure things out. Great storyline. Uh, you know, this had a twist. You know, the twist. The twist was Topher Grace's character. Um, you know, being the silent serial killer, the the everyman guy, right? That to me just seemed really weird that he would try to do this in the middle of this movie. Well, I mean, he's been put through a lot. Yeah, man. I mean, it's. You know, I mean, as somebody that, you know, obviously back in the world, if you're a serial killer, you're in, you're in a, a good deal of control, right? Like you can yeah. control your environment. You're the one that's on the hunt. And now he's been flipped completely around to where not only is he being hunted, but he's like the weakest of the group being hunted. So like, he's like, you know, the, the one that's probably going to be the first to go. So, yeah. You think it's just, a, I mean, do I you think it's just a, a way to control and try to prove that he is on par with the predator that they were facing? Yeah, and yeah, and that's part of it. And I also think it's like you know he can see that it's getting to an end, and I don't, he doesn't at that point. I don't think he thinks anybody's going to survive, so he's just trying to like you know be himself. I, I, yeah, I guess be himself or kind of be uh, you know the the worst version of himself that he wants to be before he gets cut out. I right. think. Well, because you know Andrew Brody doesn't kill him, but he lines him with grenades. And he tried pleading, saying that they're exactly alike, which I would right. say that, you know, his the way he kills is not to the code of the Predator. So he would never be on par with them. Adrian Brody, yes. Topher Grace's character, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming, well, we don't know, you know, who his victim type is, but we do know that he's a serial killer of some kind. Right. Uh, but again, 
if going by all serial killers is probably attacking defenseless people <laughs> of some form or another. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I can see him having delusions of grandeur thinking that he's on the same level, but yeah, definitely not. And I think it, it's a fitting end. So what are your, what are your highlights and low points for this movie? Um, highlights is again, that, that ensemble cast, how they have all these unique people and each in each one of those unique people have their moment. You know what I mean? You get to see who those people are, you know, even if it's a little bit, but you know, you get to see you get little windows into these people's lives and, and what they're all about, you know, like they might be killers, right? They might be, you know, got a high kill counts and stuff like that, but you know, there's little, they got human sides of them too, right? They're not all monsters. Right. Um, I mean, except for, for Grace, for Grace of course, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't see that, you know, he acts like the, 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 you know, kind of out of place, you know, nerd for most of it and doesn't show that face until the very, very end. Um, so that's, I mean, definitely the high point of me is just, uh, you know, how, how, you know, good, uh, those characters are how like, you know, fleshed out and interesting and fun. They are. I mean, I like, like when they have, you know, ensemble casts like that, um, the low point of it, I'm trying to think, I mean, I like most, you think there is a low point. I'm trying to, um, I mean, I'm sure there, there is, I'm just, I mean, I think some of the callbacks that they did were a bit cheesy, um, I mean, I I thought they were good. I mean, but I, I can see how people would think they're a bit more cheesy than <laughs> than they would have liked. I could see that. I, I'd say if there is any low point, that would be one. Yeah. Um, for me, highlight is I I feel at, that this movie showed us more of what we discussed of how humans are predators and how we and we hunt. I think we gave the predators that same aspect. We saw their camp they reside at. We saw their habitat. We saw them deploying the same skills and traps that we would as humans going after prey. You know, they have their dogs that flush out the prey first to hunt them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a very, I think that was very uh, kind of the best way of showing them that, yeah, to that point. They are like us. They're just different species. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's the cool thing about the title is predators is that, it, you know, it, it's both of it's both groups, right? Yeah. It's both groups are predators. <laughs> they are, you know, of their own, in their own way. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's very fitting. I, I like the, yeah. <clears throat> it's just a good movie. I like it a lot. Low point. <sighs> I'm not sure. I mean, everyone kind of went out there. I'd say Danny Trejo, the look, not the himself, but the way his character went out because he was really the first one. We didn't really get to see his background enough. I feel like everyone else was more flushed out as a character and everyone else kind of got, got to have their moment of glory, if you will. And he didn't. Um, yeah, I can see that. But I mean, um, at that time, especially around, the, I mean, the time that this movie came out, everybody knew who Danny Trejo was right. <laughs> and everybody knew what Danny Trejo was all about. And I think they kind of, uh, let that reputation sell him on his character. I think they, that's, I think why they didn't bother doing that. I mean, obviously he was the first one that died. So, I mean, you're not going to get a whole lot fleshed out there, but I think, yeah, they, he was, you know, probably the most stereotypical character out of them all right um and i would say that yeah it was, it was 
very easy to kill him off first because everybody basically knew what he was about from the beginning. All right. All right so uh, number of trophy skulls out of 10 for you on this one. Uh, this one, um, I will give it a 9 out of 10 trophy skulls just because I don't want to give it the same score as the original Predator. So I'll put it just a tiny bit under. Tiny bit under. Um, I'm going to go with 10. I, I really, really like this movie. I I like it just as much as the original if not more so, because it's not, yes, it's action, but it's more, it's more horror for me than action. It's not just, you know, shooting a tree for five minutes type action, right? Yeah, no, I definitely, I would agree with you. This one is definitely, I would say probably the most horror out of all of them um, is that, I mean, from the very beginning, I mean, yeah, they're all armed and stuff. I mean, they're all, they all look like they're tough and soldiers, but it's, pretty obvious from the very beginning that it doesn't matter. Right. Like you're going to be picked off regardless. Like you think these weapons are going to help you and they're not like, you're just, you know, it's just this unknown thing is hunting you and chasing you. And not only that, but like even other people are also your own, you know, humans are also hunting you and and fucking you over too. So yeah, like everybody is on edge the whole time. Um, And yeah, that's why I'd say definitely more horror than every one of the characters could have been their own star of a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give it that. All right, so that kind of answers whether it's horror or not. It's definitely really mm-hmm. good. So, that's... yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's got. I mean, the sci-fi and the action elements, but I would say in this version, out of the three, I would say horror is probably number one, just because of the you know they're being hunted the entire time. Right. All right. So next we come to the predator. Um, <laughs> right. So, uh, brief synopsis. So, this movie is, um, I have got the guy's name, the actor's name, uh, Shane Black. No, oh, Shane Black wrote this, but the the main right, guy right. in this, um, who's in, who's oh, in I the Sandman. He's uh, uh, Drithian. Yeah, he was the, uh, yeah. Um, right. So he's in Mexico, South America, Central America area. And he is on, he's a, you know, elite sniper is on a mission, kills a guy, but then there's also a predator there who kills his buddy and he is able to, he kills this predator, right? Or does he capture it? The predator? Yeah. He doesn't do it. Okay. But he gets, he's, he, he yeah, yeah, he, he steals. He gets stuff, his gear. But he doesn't capture it. So right. he gets, he gets the gear, you know, the, the arm piece, um and the the shoulder cannon and the helmet ships it to well he swallows the invisibility ball um and he ships rest to his son with his estranged wife um you know he gets picked up gets brought in and is being you know questioned by um the government and the agency uh can't think of the actor's name right now that's in this is us Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I know his name. Yeah, I know yeah. from Supernatural, but he's interrogating him, and he gets put into like a, essentially like a, a support group, psych, psychiatric group, on a bus. Um, you know, they capture the, the predator. We have Ace Busey, Gary Busey's son, kind of you know looking at the predator. They bring in um, scientists to go over the alien to see it. You know, look familiar. They have lots of big hands to the past events, especially the first predator that this happens to, you know, Olivia Munn's character, the predator escapes. And so they're, they're, they're trying to hunt it. 
um, and figure out what's going on. Then the bigger predator comes down, or is that the predator that escapes that has human DNA in it? And it's like a, the ultimate version of the predator, right? Um, well, the one, uh, the one that they captured, the one that he stole the mask and stuff, that's the one with the human DNA. Okay. The other one, the big one, they never test because he never gets captured. Right. So he's the one that's ultimate, right? That that they're figuring yep. out that they're they're taking the species that they hunt and extract their DNA and injecting themselves with it to become the ultimate predator, I would say, right? Something like that. And yeah. so you have you have the ragtag group of screw ups that nobody wants. They're you know disarming, discharge the military that are still part of it though. Um, you know, and they start getting picked off. You know, trying to go against the the government agency, a lot, a lot of shooting and killing each other on both sides, um, and then you know trying to kill this ultimate predator. Uh, we get we see a different type of predator dogs in this one. Um, you know, and and go with for dread, with dreadlocks with dreadlocks. Yes, this time they almost have like <laughs> humanish faces more so than right. the last one that was like spikes everywhere from the predators series um and the predator is trying to get his stuff back from the kid so therefore you know we get a kid injected into the story we have a scientist that's able to do lots and lots of things like also know how to shoot guns run as fast as a predator um and you know the the twist ending is you know the the first predator that was that they had was trying to give humanity a tool to protect themselves against predators. Uh, can you think of anything else to add to that synopsis, or is that pre? Um. Well, <laughs> I'll I'll add in that the reason that they he was coming to give them a tool to fight against predators is because the predators had apparently found out that they were destroying the planet. You know, yeah. from like in whatever climate change and stuff like that, so that the planet wasn't going to be livable for much longer. So they were going to come and start harvesting people and mass because they knew that the planet was going to die soon. So that's why they came to give them the thing now instead of the thousands of years they've been hunting them in the past is that apparently they were going to come and like, uh, I guess, more or less like exterminate humans trying to pull all the DNA um, that they possibly could because they know that humans were an endangered species and would be out the door. Or destroying ourselves. Correct. So yeah. a big, 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 you know, social commentary built into that movie. Correct. Um, you know, I did not see this in theaters and I really did not watch this until the rewatch for this podcast. You know, did you see this in theaters by chance? I, I did. You did. All right, so I was very, very excited for this movie when it first came out because, again, Shane Black, who directed this movie and wrote it, uh, or I should say co-wrote it, but he was heavily involved in the Predator franchise in the very beginning. You know, like he was the script doctor, he was an actor, and he was like, you know, the director's, you know, watchman. (laughs) And the first one, like he knew what the Predator franchise was supposed to be all about. You know, like he was involved in the second one as well. Um, so I was very excited that it was going to be, you know, um, you know, good because I mean, obviously predators was the last one to come out and that one was fantastic. And now like, you know, Shane black is coming in and I, you know, I saw these, you know, all the names attached to this movie. I was like, Oh, I was very excited. 
Um, as I mean, like, you know, I mean, Thomas Jane is in it, like Alfie Allen's in it. I mean, Keaton Michael Key is in it. I mean, there's a lot Jimmy of K. Brown. To- yeah. Um, well, Olivia Munn. I liked Olivia Munn a lot at the time. Yvonne Stratsky's in it. I liked her a lot. Yeah. And the main guy um, Quinn is Boyd Holbrook. Okay. I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, I've seen him around. I, I don't think I ever knew his name. Yeah. Cause he was in Logan <laughs> as the main villain in that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was. Yes, he was. Donald Pierce, right? Yeah. 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 Good call. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was very, very excited. So yeah, I went and saw it. Um, I mean, and it's just, it's, again, I think it's just a lot of wasted potential. Um, and I mean, I say this, <laughs> I say this a lot, and I, I, I feel very strongly in this, is that some filmmakers, um, as they like, you know, get families and mature and move on. They try to like build a lot of that into their movies. I think very unnecessarily. Um, I think the whole child storyline is very out of place. Right. I don't think, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing there. I mean, there's the whole like weird kind of subtext that like, you know, cause the kid um, has autism. Right, um, and that the whole, the whole, the, like autism is the next stage of evolution, and like somehow this big giant predator wants that kid's genes because he's the next stage in human evolution. Right. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. I don't, like I said, I don't understand that whole subplot. I don't know why it's there. <laughs> it needs to just go away. Well, the, the, at the end of the movie, they had the kid like able to decipher their code, their language. <laughs> And figure out how mm-hmm. to get the the predator killer suit out, and figure out what it was, right? And like they had like this, like oh, now we have the suit, we're going to be able to become the the predators and go hunt them, right? Yeah, and to be fair, that suit looked really cool, right? Like <laughs> that was an awesome looking suit, and I, I mean. I would like to see the more of that suit, but again, it's it's just again, obviously, I have no problem with people with autism or even people with autism in stories. I just think it's unfair to them that a lot of you know Hollywood people or even a lot of media in general, it's like oh, this person has autism, like oh, they're really good at math, you know, like they always put these like goofy skills that they're able to like decode, you know, you know decryption on you know hardware files and oh, they can decode languages in a second. Oh, you can count you know toothpicks on the floor in a second like that's not autism like autism i mean sure there's a tiny 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 little sub percentage of people that are able to do that but you know a lot of times in media and movies they try to force like all people with autism to, like have these weird super abilities right. um you're like yeah they're they're out of place and awkward you know like the kid can't stand loud noises Which is very common, and stuff yeah. like that Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, stuff like that is common, right? But, you know, they, again, they push this thing like it's you know, like it's Rain Man. Like, yeah, Rain Man is very, very difficult to deal with. He's got a very, you know, set routine. You know, you can't do certain things around him and you can't force him into certain situations. But like, oh, he's really good at math and he can cheat at gambling. So it's all OK. Right. You know, like he's got a he's got a fancy skill. And it's it's, it's unfair that they do that in a lot of things. And again, that's why I don't like this storyline, because it's like it's not fair to the kid it's not fair to people with autism that you know everybody assumes that in hollywood they have magic powers because they have autism right and you know i know kids and movies and stuff like that that just being a kid and adding that to the movie just i don't think it added anything to it you know 
I have. It didn't. I, it didn't. It didn't. I have a family, and I don't want to see necessarily that in, in a movie. That's just, you know what I mean. Like I, I don't yeah, like and, and it again, that it was in that plot. It was just a kid. No, right. I agree, and it's again as aside from that weird notion that oh well you know oh they're they're harvesting people you know to make sure that they can inject themselves with DNA for their own next evolution. Oh, and then autism is the next, you know, human evolution. So therefore they'd want this kid with autism, right. which is, I mean, it's bizarre. I mean, again, how would the predator have any idea that that kid had autism? Right. How would the predator have any idea that that kid was able to decode stuff? But like, I, I feel like that was his Quinn's main story was he was a dad. Like that was his character development. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. He didn't. He definitely didn't get better as a no. person. No. He. He didn't like the group he was with. He made fun of them for being outcasts and having problems with a lot of them. I, I just don't feel like he's a very likable guy. Um. Uh. I don't, I don't know if I got that vibe from him. I mean, I thought that. Again, in that group, I thought they had really cool chemistry. Like, I liked that that group of people. I thought it was a lot of like funny stuff that actually like hit like they were like you know they i thought they played well with each other a lot of the goofy jokes and stupid things that they said were like actually funny and i thought they did a great job um like i said that group the adult group was great and i thought he was he he was good he played a good like straight man in that group um you know what i mean i I thought they all kind of played well with each other um again the whole kid subplot again i've given reasons why i don't like it not only that I, i i just don't like kid subplots in action sci-fi horror movies in general. <laughs> um, but, you know, I really not like it for the goofy reason that they put it in this movie. Um, I don't like Olivia Munn, how she's like super Mary Sue and all of a sudden knows how to do everything. That she can run, you know, she can like, fight, she can shoot a gun as better than right. everyone else. Right. I mean, yeah, she's like, I mean, by the end of the movie, she's like in full body armor, just like shooting assault rifles with everybody else. Like, why is she right. there? She's a scientist. Like, you know, obviously she doesn't. Well, I mean, I guess they didn't specifically say that, but I'm going to go out and live here and say that she didn't have any military training. Right. Right. Because like they brought her to this base and she'd obviously not been in any kind of like military discipline thing. Right. She's never dealt with that before, by the way, she's acting. Right. Um, yeah, and like all of a sudden, yeah, she's able to like. I mean, yeah, they had like a few goofy things. Like she shot herself in the foot with the the tranquilizer, um, yeah, the tranquilizer thing. But that was a was no fault of her own. It was because the you know the van or the bus moved. Right. Um, but yeah, like I don't, I didn't like how they just gave her all these. Like all of a sudden, she has all these skills. Like there's these guys who are elite soldiers and been doing it for years, and all of a sudden now they're on par. With this scientist who like just got into the game, yeah, I didn't. Would you say that's the, again, the lowest point like for you of the movie? Which of those? Um, yeah, I'd say yeah. Between those two points, I would definitely say that's the low point. I would say the high point is that group. I thought they did really cool, well with each other. Like I liked those characters. Again, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of ensemble, you know, casts and and characters. I don't think they fleshed them out too much. There's a couple of them that had. Like their moments, like uh, you know, Keenan Michael Key and and Thomas Jane's character, they had a, a bit right. of of fleshing out. Um, but I would say, you know, I don't think any of the other ones did. No. Well, Nebraska did a little, right? Bit. Um, you know, well, at least we got to know more of his story. 
Um, but yeah, like the other ones, there was not really much <laughs> development there. They were just there, and again, they played well. I, like I said, I thought the chemistry between them was great. That's why I think if that whole goofy kid subplot wasn't there, and they actually just like moved forward with like them trying to get the Predator without the whole goofy trying to find the kid with the Predator mask on Halloween storyline, like just get that whole thing out of there, <laughs> you know? fighting predator dogs in a baseball field or whatever yeah. they were. I mean, it was again, it was just dumb, pointless, like injecting children into movies. They don't need to be in. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. Those are my highs and lows. Yeah. My, my, <laughs> my highlight is, is, you know, as far as the predator was concerned, it was more return to form that we had the first two, you know, it was mm-hmm. back to earth. That wasn't this goofy, Alien versus Predator, right? It, it was more of Predator coming to our planet, and we're we're fighting it to just you know stop it. Um, low point, realistically for me, was the essentially lobotomy by bullet to one of the dogs, and also it became well, like this lovable dog. To be fair, it wasn't a bullet. What was it? It was one of those pneumatic. Uh, Guns that they use to kill cows at slaughterhouses. Okay, but it, but it's the same thing. It's, it's, it, <laughs> yes, it's the same thing. I'm just being. I'm just yeah. poking you. It, being it's it's Sorry. it was like all of a sudden we have this big goofy animal in this. Like this is weird. Like this doesn't fit. Along with a whole bunch of other things, yeah. obviously. Um, and you know what do you think of you know something we didn't talk about? And we had it in Predator, Predator Two, and Predators, but not. The changing of the words, you're you're one ugly motherfucker, right? <laughs> but she goes, right, you're yeah, one yeah. beautiful motherfucker. And but then somebody else yeah. said ugly later on. Yeah, I mean, so um, trophy skulls for you on this one. Uh, trophy skulls on this one. Um, <laughs> I'll give it five out of ten trophy skulls, meaning it is. It is better than Requiem, but I think that's the only movie it's better than. I think all the rest of them are better than that. Five is fair. I'll give it a five as well. Mm-hmm. Second worst, I think. Yeah. No, I said, I mean, all the elements were there. It could have been good. I just think they, they tried to add a bit too much, um, and I think it took away from the things that could have been great. I think got, you know, take their, their luster got taken away by putting in these goofy subplots that I think leached a lot of the life out of the movie. I think it could have, it could have been much better, but I don't, I don't think it was horrible, but it just, it could have been so much more. Okay. All right. And on to our final film of the franchise. It's once again, spoiler for anyone that hasn't seen it. Pray. Can I give us a quick rundown? Uh, yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, we're back to, uh, 1700s. Uh, this is uh, yeah natives in uh, the Americas. Um, I don't know if they say. I think they're Comanches, right? Yeah. I don't know if they say like exactly the the, the area that they're in. I'm gonna say um, in the center because the other people that they come in contact with are French, and the French primarily had the center of the Americas locked down. So I'm gonna go ahead and say it was Louisiana. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, it's somewhere. It's a, it's a nameless place. Anyway, um, so. Uh, yeah, there's these native people. There's this um, girl who is um, 
kind of trying to get outside of her role. I mean, you like, you know, the traditional native role for women is to like be the medicine people or caretakers, that kind of thing. Right. Right. Stuff like that. So she doesn't want to be that. She wants to be the hunter. Right. Um, so she goes out and, you know, she shows skill. She's got the skill for it. They just, you know, nobody wants to let her do it. Um, so she's going to go out and prove herself. So to, in order to prove herself in, in their tribe, you have to go and, and fight and kill something that is, is dangerous to humans. Right. Um, so you're, you're, I, 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 they don't specifically name it. It just has to be something that's dangerous to you, like a bear, like a, you know, a lion, whatever stuff, something like that. Um, so she's like, you know, going out to try to find that stuff. So they heard They hear that there's this lion that's like attacking people, um, you know, that attacked other members of their tribe. So, you know, they send out a group to go find them and she sneaks off and joins them. You know, they try to send her back, but no, she's like, no, I'm going to stay here. I want to do this. And they're like, okay, fine. Um, so, you know, as they're tracking this lion, um, you know, a couple people get injured. They have to go back. It basically ends up just being her and her brother. Her brother is like, you know, the best hunter in the tribe. I would say, or at least the best hunter that we see. Right. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, her and him are basically um, hunting this cat. Looks like a mountain lion, a cougar or something. Um, and uh, she ends up wounding it pretty badly, but um, she does fail, falls off out of a tree, knocks herself out and doesn't end up killing the cat, but her brother does. So, you know, they go back to um, the, uh, the camp um, you know, the brother is all like rewarded and, you know, he's made like the war chief, not the, not the chieftain of the tribe, but the war chief of the tribe. And he gets like, you know, his special stick and all that. Right. Um, and she gets nothing, which is, I mean, very unfair. Cause I guess she injured that thing pretty bad. And then he does admit later on in the movie that, you know, it, I would not have been able to beat it if he didn't hurt it first, you know, right. um, to be fair. But anyway, so again, she's like, you know, <clears throat> you know, put low, you know, she wants to, you know, make a name for herself and because she got hurt and, you know, had to be dragged back and all that, like, you know, they're like, Hey, you know, you're not a hunter, you know, stop it, you know, just go and, you know, go back to your place where you belong and and do that. So she's like, no, I'm not doing that. So again, she leaves on her own to go out and try to, uh, you know, make a name for herself to find something else to hunt, um, you know, to, to make her own, I guess, you know, hunter, you know, hierarchy stance in the tribe, whatever that is. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, so she's out there um, and she finds the bear, right? Yep. Yeah. So she's she's trying to fight this bear and this bear is, you know, this big, huge, giant bear. And she's trying to hunt it and not doing a fantastic job, but um, doing an OK job. She's using her dog to like distract it and, you know, hurt it a little bit but it's like obviously going to hurt her badly so she like hides in like a beaver dam i think yes a bunch of sticks or something in a river i think it's a beaver dam anyway so she's in there and she's hiding the bear is probably gonna kill her and then of course the predator comes out and like just destroys this bear um you know obviously she sees that this is another you know predator alien that's even more dangerous than the bear is um, so now she's like, you know, thinking that she's going to try to hunt this thing, right? This is going to be the thing that makes her, you know, the best hunter in her tribe. Um, but as she goes and hunts it, she gets captured by uh, a bunch of French people. Right. Um, there's one that I swear was Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> like, I swear, I, he looked, because the one French guy looked back and I'm like, that's Ryan Reynolds. It, it looks identical to him. 
but it's not him. I, I just, I literally had to pause the movie and look it up. I was like, is he a cameo in this movie? But yeah, but no, it's not him. It just looks just like him. It looks like an old, old timey French <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Anyway, so there's a bunch of these French people. Uh, they capture her. They put her in a cage. Um, and she sees her brother. Her brother is there also in a cage. Um, and they're, you know, messing with her. There's one guy that kind of sort of speaks, um, her language. The rest of them are French. They don't speak anything. Uh, they don't speak her language. So they don't, can't understand each other. But the one guy is trying to say, you know, like, Hey, we know, you know, what's out there. You need to help us. Cause uh, apparently they're all out there trying to hunt this thing too. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Predator like attacks the, oh no, no, they, they bait it out first with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so they tie them to a pole. They use them as bait, and they, like, trap this big area around the pole, and they're all, like, tied in with their muskets, like, waiting for this thing to come out. Um, and it does come out, and it kills, like, almost everybody. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this predator is is more, what do they call him? The feral. Um, so he's, like, like bare-chested. Like, he's got a, a mask on, but it looks like a, like a skull. It looks like it's made out of bone. Right. Or something. Um, and yeah, he doesn't use like guns or the plasma caster or, or the shoulder thing. He's all using like mostly hand to hand weapons. He does have the one little spear thing that shoots out the little arrows. Right. Um, so it's not like he's using purely hand to hand weapons. And he's got those little things that, that chop people's legs off. I don't know what they're like little spinning discs that chop people's legs off, yeah. whatever it is. So he does have some, you know, like projectile weapons, but he's not using the traditional guns, the shoulder mounted guns that we see. So this. You know, he's supposed to be more feral. He's supposed to be more, you know, hand to hand, you know, old school kind of kind of predator. Um, so, yeah, so he basically kills the shit out of everybody. Um, they manage to escape and leave um, probably because they're unarmed and the predator ignores them. Um, and so they get back to the camp. Um, of course, mostly everybody is dead. <laughs> uh, but she manages to get her brother out. Um, her brother uh, then starts yeah, the predator, you know, eventually as he's making his way and eliminating everybody, gets to their camp. He kills everybody that's left in the camp. Uh, and then her brother fights the predator to get her the time to get away. Right. Um, and that's and again in that scene is where he like cuts across his chest. Yep. Yep. And that's supposed to be the scene, like where I was saying how Billy had that that callback to his past life. Yeah. He supposedly uh that was one of his past lives was that character. That's why he does that. That's why, like, when he's staring at the predator in the trees, that's why he's, like, in the trance like that, because apparently he was reliving his past life. Interesting. That's what they yeah. said. I, like, that's apparently canon. I don't know. I don't remember. I Like, I read the article, but I didn't get, like, whose name it was. But Okay. Whatever. That's that's what they said. Anyway, it's minor thing. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. So, she, uh, you know, so the brother sacrifices himself. Um I'm trying to think exactly how it, well, regardless, you know, showdown <laughs> with her and the predator and she wins. Right. And then, and then she goes back to her tribe with the predator's head, um, you know, showing that, you know, she has now beaten something that's even, you know, more powerful than what her brother did because this thing killed her brother and then she killed this thing. So now, you know, she deserves to be the war chief and she finally, you know, succeeded in her goal of, you know, proving everybody wrong that she has a place as a hunter and a warrior protector. Right. Um, oh yeah. And at some point in there, I should mention that she got that, the musket 
the hand musket, <laughs> what do you call that? The pistol. Um, that's the the Raphael Andolini 1715, the gun that ends up in Danny Glover's hands at the end of Predator 2. Um, she does get her hands on that gun. One of the French dudes had it. Who The French dude was apparently got it from some pirate. Like, Raphael Andolini was supposed to be a pirate. Okay. So that's the kind right. Um, You know, so, yeah, this movie was, I think, pretty good. You know, they were talks, but they're going to re- release it all in the native language, right? Of the natives. Yeah, no, it's not, it's, it's not like that now. You just, you have to just select the option. Like, okay. it's one of the, the audio options. You know, I think. Yeah, you can listen, you can watch it in Comanche if you want. Yeah. Um, you know, I liked I liked that the predator was not as advanced as we saw, you know, two hundred and eighty years or two hundred and seventy years later, right? Um you know, I think it was a good, you know, thing. I, I you say they became the war chief, I took it as a their coming of age thing that they had to hunt that to prove that they're able to be a hunter, they had to hunt something that could hunt them. Which is the same well, thing that the predators a- did. Well, I think to be the hunter, they had to, I mean, they had to, you know, hunt something, bring it back um, to show that they can provide. Um, but in order to be like, you know, the big time war chief, like the warrior of, of legend kind of thing or whatever, they have to kill something that can kill them or that's dangerous to them. Because yeah, when the brother came back, they gave him like that special stick and they gave him the special hat. Right. And all that stuff. And they called him war chief. Okay. Like they, they mentioned that he's now the war chief. Okay, I just didn't know if anyone was able to do it at any time. I don't know. Yeah, they, I don't. I don't. They didn't give the the details of like what it entails. It just like I said, he came back with you know after killing the cat, and they named him the war chief. So I don't know what's involved with that, but I would assume that means he's like the best warrior that they have, kind of. Thing. That would lead the hunt, or yeah. or, 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 or or a tribe or, war, tribal war, yeah. right. Right, something like that. You know, so what would you say your highlights and low points of this are? I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that I feel in this movie. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, high points. Uh, I mean, I liked the. Um, I mean, like the the fighting, the battle scenes in this one, like that, like long extended scene with, you know, killing all the French people. <laughs> you know, all the way back from you know when they had them tied to the pole, all the way back into their camp. He like basically like exterminated like everybody. Right. Um, that was very cool. It was very well done. I liked the way they did the the weapons and the fighting and the effects and everything. It was it was it was good. It was it was a long kind of drawn out scene, but I thought it was done very very well. Um, low points. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If there was a lot of low points. The only thing I noticed is there was a lot of um people getting knocked out. She got knocked out and, at least like, twice. A lot of, I know it was a lot of like. Fade to black, like get hit in the head, fade to black, knockout scenes, and then load the next scene. Like there was a, there was a bunch of those. I, that was the only thing I noticed. I don't think it's I don't think it's bad. It doesn't really take away from right. it, but I did I did notice it. So if there's a low point, I would say that's it. But I mean, it's mostly highs. Yeah, I mean, I I, I completely completely agree with you about the the highlights. Is you know the fight scene. I think it was a great callback. I like that. You know, he was able to. Yeah, the, his helmet was the skull, um, and yeah, just more more hand to hand combat. I feel like he was obviously predators are more advanced to us, but 
it's almost like I don't know if they just stepped back because they just lowered what weapons they take with us because we weren't as advanced as a fighting society at that point in time. I mean, Mm -hmm. do you think that was most likely the case that they might have had these weapons forever, obviously, and that they just kind of, you know, brought down their level of technology to meet, you know, what humans were capable of doing with, with fighting at that point in time in history. Um, I mean, yeah, that's possible. Yeah, I mean, or it might have just been um, a design choice where they just wanted to have an alien that was a little bit more, um, you know, like like feral. I think that's that they called it, like yeah. the feral predator, just to, yeah, I mean, just to kind of match the theme, I think. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was would have been a a choice by the predator itself, but I mean, it definitely may. And have. I know they went back to a lot of practical effects, especially with the suit, right? They got this mm-hmm. was he, uh, football pl- soccer player that they got to play him. Just a giant dude. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I forgot it. Oh, oh, there's another thing I mentioned. <laughs> uh, this uh, Kevin Michael Hall or, or Kevin Peter Hall. I'm sorry, is the guy who, who played the Predator in the first one. He he played the Predator in the second one too. Okay. Even though it was a different Predator, it's it was still the same guy in the suit. Um, and he died very shortly after Predator Two, which is why he never did another one. So, is this horror? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's basically um, we're back to like the original Predator. I would say in that balance, right, of between action and and horror, it's it's the same kind of thing. I would say this one maybe ekes out a little bit more action than the first Predator does, simply because there's not that element of getting hunted one by one. Um, I mean, there kind of is like he's killing the French people kind of one by one, but we don't like get to experience that mostly because we're mostly, you know, centered around her character and her brother. Right. Um, So I think it's a little bit more action than that one simply because we don't have that like, you know, getting picked off kind of thing. But I mean, the the element of it is definitely there, but I would say it's more of like a, um, yeah, like an action, like a, you know, like a coming of age. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was as gruesome and gory as the other one. Especially the first Predator. No, there was a lot. Of, too. There was a lot of cut off legs. Right. <laughs> but that was about that was about it. Like I don't I know the Predator skinned animals. I don't recall the Predator skinning any people. Um no, but I don't think he really had the time to Right, but I, I you know, but we did see I mean? him progress. Like he was hunting bigger and bigger animals as we were seeing him. And it, right. like he started off like what a snake, and then went to like or started off rabbit, the snake, then like a cow, wolf, bear. Yeah. Right. So it's almost like an so, intro- yeah, no, it's yeah. almost like an introduction to figuring out what the predator of the earth was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or just saying, you know, which uh, what are, what is going to be the the hardest thing for him to hunt? You know, I think he was just kind of working his way down the list, you know, to to hunt everything to to see what's going to give him that challenge that he's looking for. Now, do you do you if we take alien versus predator out of this equation, you would say this is the first mm-hmm. time that a predator would have come to Earth? Um, I would say with 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 aliens versus predator being out of the equation, I would say it's definitely 
a strong possibility. Because why else would they work? Why else would he work up his way on the animals? Right. If it wasn't for that meat. No, I said. Yeah. Yeah. Without aliens as a predator in there, it is it is definitely a high probability that this is probably you know if not the first time, heavily suggested that it's the first time that that they were here. You know what I mean? Right. Um, because yeah, again, the 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 earliest uh, contact that we have that we know that predators are here, only following the predator timeline, is seventeen fifteen because they had that gun and they handed it to them. Right. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that they were there in seventeen fifteen. I mean, they put the the year on that gun, and that heavily suggests that they were there at that time. But that doesn't necessarily mean you know they could have gotten that gun the day before, right? You know, right? Because <laughs> it existed that whole time. But they're just trying to suggest that it is. So we'll pick it up from here. Um, mm. You know, as a franchise as a whole, how do you view Predator? You know, is it like your top of your list? Is it mid list? Does it make your top ten franchises? Um, yeah, and yeah, I'd, I'd say it definitely makes the top ten. Um, I mean, just because again, the heavy dose of nostalgia there. Because I mean, I watched this movie so many times when I was a kid. Hold on, Cole, is it make your top ten list? Uh, yes, yes, it definitely makes the top ten list. Um, a lot of that is probably a heavy dose of nostalgia, just because I watched it so many times as a kid, and I, I mean, I love this franchise. I loved um, the Terminator. I loved, well, like I said I was a huge Schwarzenegger fan at the time, but. Um, this one was was one of the best ones. You know, of course it was sci-fi and it was Schwarzenegger, so of course it was it was way up there on my list. If I, you know, if I, you would ask me this when I was a kid, it would probably be definitely in the top three. But yeah, I would say as far as franchises go, it's definitely in the top ten. I mean, do you do you think there's more highs than lows as this franchise, including Alien vs. Predator? Um, if you include Alien vs. Predator, yes, yes, because. Aliens vs. Predator, I mean, the, they do some interesting things, but for the most part, they kind of abandon a lot of the, you know, stuff that's been happening in, in other movies. Um, but yeah, if you include those in the list, then yes, it does. Because as as a whole, I mean, the franchise has been pretty solid. Um, I mean, except for I think The Predator is the weakest one, um, but then the both of the Aliens vs. Predator are underneath that, I right. would say. Um, but... Yeah, so including those in there. So, yeah, you're looking at, what, seven movies total, and then three of those are not good. Right, yeah. Yeah, so high point, low point, high point. (laughs) Yes, it's definitely back and forth. I mean, mean, I'm in agreement. Like I said, The Predator was pretty bad. I think Requiem was the worst, then The Predator, then Alien vs. Predator, then probably Predator 2. Top one for me is probably Predators. Um. But you know, where would you like to see this franchise go next? I know I think what I think they're talking about a TV series coming up in the next year or two. You know, do we want to see more um, of this uh, the the natives in the next one? Do you want to see us go back into present day? What do you think we should go from here? Um, I mean, the, the rumor mill is saying that they're going to actually, um, the next one is going to be, you know, Raphael Andalini himself is going to be the next one. I think he's some kind of pirate or something. I, I guess, you know, 1700s is not that far off from the pirate pirate age. So I guess they could do a pirate one. I don't know. <laughs> that would be interesting. I guess he could like hide in the, in the crow's nest of, of ships. Right. Um, but I mean, there's there's a huge outcry on social media right now to do one in feudal Japan, um, 
you know, with like samurais <laughs> fighting fighting predators. I mean, that would be awesome. Um, I think that's just an idea that people like. It's not like there's no studios doing that or anything. Right. Um, as far as uh, um, where I'd like to see it go, I think it can literally go anywhere. I mean, it's basically at this point, it's kind of like um, how Assassin's Creed is. Yeah. Um, to where you can like set um, a, a game anywhere. Or you can set a Predator franchise anywhere. I mean, if you count Aliens versus Predator, they've been here for thousands of years. So you could literally pick any time in the entirety of human history and put a predator there, you know, and, and set a period piece there. Or again, you can go in the far future and do it there too, which, you know, we, we do, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, at least the aliens are still around in the far future. I'm sure it's very easy for a predator to also be there. Um, you know, I mean, it, like I said, at this point it can go anywhere. I mean, where would I like to, to go? I mean, I'd like to see an aliens versus predators set in, like the colonial marines area of the future i think that would be cool so you want to see um, you want, you want, yeah you want to see the three-way with humans being at the same level all the time with them right yeah i mean like like the games like the aliens versus predator games um they're set in that future time with colonial marines and aliens and predators um i don't know if they're necessarily on even terms but at least they're closer right. you know at least they're they're definitely up there, you know. Like the humans have infrared vision at that time, and their helmets, you know, their weapons are better, their armor is better. Um, they can travel between planets and stuff, you know. I mean, they're obviously a lot closer to the predators then. I think it would be an interesting mix there. Um, but I also like that idea of that samurai one. I think that would be really cool too. Um, so again, I, it can go anywhere. I would like to see it go either one of those two places. I mean, I I think I think they should revisit Alien vs Predator, and I think you're right. The the way to do it is the future. You know that you want to, them to team up with humans to fight aliens. The aliens are always going to be the disease that they have to eradicate from spreading. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think out of the three aliens are always, always going to be the worst ones because, I mean, they are so dangerous. I mean, they're, if left unchecked, they could easily wipe out a civilization. Right. You know, I mean, like, and they, you know, if you look at the aliens versus predator, they did. <laughs> they right. wiped out their civilization on Earth. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely possible. But, yes, I would, I would, I would very much like to see that. So, with this you know this series this franchise and even future stuff do you think continuity is the least bit important to us or like you said you can go the assassin creed's way and just be any period of history and there doesn't have to be tie-ins like easter eggs sure but continuity wise does there does it have to be there um i mean it, it doesn't have to be it does if it's set close enough in the timeline you know what i mean like, you know, like between Predator 1 and Predator 2, it's technically 10 years, right? Because Predator Predator 1 happened in 87, Predator 2 happens in 97. So, yeah, there's not going to be a whole lot of difference there. So, they, they had to, you know, talk about the first one because, obviously, without that first one, um, they wouldn't know what to do in the second one, right? So, that's so close together that they have to, like, be, you know, they have to have that continuity there. Um, Aliens versus Predator, obviously, just out the window. I mean, they do whatever the hell they want to do. They kind of break continuity in a lot of places. 
Um, again, because they just kind of made their own rules. It seems, I don't know why they didn't follow rules at all, but um, they broke the rules for like both franchises. But again, I mean, most of the mainline ones did a, did a really good job with it. Would you like to see this more <laughs> um, stay action, horror or sci-fi or more in one area than the next? Or do you think it needs to be balanced between those three? I think I think a balance between those three is good. I mean, as as we've seen, like some of these are are, are good, even if they kind of skew one way or the other way. Um, I mean, like you know, Predator and Predators, right? I mean, like Predator is a little bit more actiony. You know, it's like half action, half horror. So whereas like Predators is, you know, there's a lot of that that lot more tension, a lot more suspense to it, right? Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, you can you definitely those are the definitely the three components, but I think they can they can move around quite a bit as long as they maintain those those three. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would personally like to see uh, more like Predators, right? <laughs> Just because I like that storyline so much. But yeah, I mean, they've all been pretty good so far. I mean, the Predator is the biggest letdown. I think that was. More of just expectations, you know, just of who was making it and who was involved in it. I thought it was going to be way better than it was. It was just disappointment. I mean, do you think a predator always has to be the villain? Or a villain? Uh, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, in a mainline predator movie, <laughs> yes. I think I think there has to be a predator villain. That doesn't necessarily mean that there can't be another predator involved that's not a villain. That That is like you know, one of the, the hero type people. I mean, that's definitely possible. Um, but I think one of them has to be, you know, the villain in all in, in every movie. I think that only makes sense. Now, do you think we could ever get something where a human goes to the predator world and is able to be the predator to them? Uh because we're always the we, I mean, we, all, we are, generally we're the, we're the prey. But do you think they could ever flip it to the point where we start? If we get to the future as we colonize space, that we could flip it and see us become the predator as those species. Okay, well, well, here's here's an interesting thought. I remember I, I talked earlier about how um, you know, like if we met a bunch of you know crazy hillbillies in the woods. Right. And then, you know, escaped them and then went back to home and said, hey, everybody on that whole planet is crazy hillbillies with guns because that's the only people that we experienced. Right. right? So what if we um, go to one of their planets and like, hey, screw them. We're going to hunt them for once. Right. Right. And then we go to that planet and we find out that these hunter versions of their race are like the, you know, like this outcast offshoot. That is like, you know, kind of exiled from their society. And now we're hunting down and killing completely innocent right. people. Right. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you could make the humans be the bad guys thinking that they're, you know, getting huh. revenge when in reality they're just killing innocent people because these other predators are the, the crazy hillbillies with guns. I think that'd be an interesting flip. I think, I think that, I think, yeah, I think that would be cool. I mean, do you think that'd be a good social commentary for it too? Is that we become. Oh, I definitely would. Yeah. I think that'd be a good movie. Yeah. Well, again, you know, it's, it's the thing is, you know, like everybody right now thinks like everybody in the entire Predator's race is a crazy hunter. But obviously they right. can't be because they have all this technology. I mean, they have like those like, f you know, first aid kits that can like patch all these holes and like, you know, uh, heal them and stuff like that. Like all those weapons, they were made by somebody. Right. You know, so like obviously everybody can't be a hunter if you have all this technology. Like who makes their spaceships? 
You know, they have to like fuel those things up. I mean, they have to have scientists that develop these new technologies and new weapons and shit. I mean, sure, their technology might be more skewed to like weapons and hunting and shit like that, but they definitely have scientists and they definitely have manufacturers, you know, which means they have to have bureaucracy too. I mean, so, they can't all be hunters. So are we seeing more of their, their military side of things? Potentially. Well, I don't even think it's, I don't think it's they're necessarily their military. I think it's just, um, well, I mean, it might be part of their military. I mean, who knows? That might be how they train their militaries. That's how you earn your chops as you, you know, work your way up, right. you know, by hunting different things to show that, oh, you can hunt these other exotic animals. Okay, now you're worthy of protecting the people or whatever. I mean, that's, that's definitely possible. Okay. Oh, um, <laughs> I guess it's it's a little late to be saying it now, but like the actual name of their race is the Yautja. Yautja? Yautja. It's it's Y A U T J A. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I've really only seen it in text form. Is it, is I don't know how comics? to pronounce it, but yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's in the extended universe, but enough enough people have like accepted that that that's the name of their race is the Yautja. And then the um the other because I guess the blood feud thing is is in the extended universe too. So like in in Predators, you know, the other group. Yeah. Um, that hunts the the classic ones. So the classic predators are the Yautja, and then the other ones are I, f- I forgot their name. They're like it's like a three syllable thing, um, like Mingo Wen or something like that. But yeah, they're like the 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 bad. Do you think ones. the comics are good enough for us to pull from for source material? Um, there's definitely some. There are definitely some that are goofy, right. Um, I mean, like they have, they have some of them where they like they're aliens with predator ones, but they center around the predators, and the predators are just like they land on the planet like to hunt aliens, and they're just like talking to each other like normal dudes. <laughs> like they have names like like Fred and George, and they're just like talking to each other like this is like you know like they're just hanging out like wood buddies. It's weird. Um, so I mean, <laughs> there's probably some stuff, but I mean, there's definitely more room. Anybody can tell a story right. in that world. I mean, there's there's so much you know, stuff you can pull from. I mean, so much stuff you can do. Um, I think it would be cool to see, you know, more of their world a little bit. I think, you know, like, like we were talking about, you know, something like where you show that they're not all hunters. There's just some of them are, I I would like to see more of that, you know, where, what people's takes on what they think their actual culture is. You want, you want deeper lore. Well, I always want, (laughs) I mean, that would be, that would be fantastic, but I don't know if it'll ever get there, but yeah, I mean, I think that would be a a definitely cool place to go. But again, we can also have these period pieces of just, you know, people fighting predators in different time periods with different weapons and methods and shit. I mean, we can go that way for a few movies, at least I'm sure. Yeah. So you think this is a franchise that could last another 35 years? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's like, well, I mean, you got some franchises which center around like a character, right? right? Which means you can only, you know, have it realistically in that character's lifetime. And this one, it's settled around basically like a race of people. So as long as that race is around, which we've already established, it's been around for hundreds, possibly thousands of years. So it can be set anywhere. Okay. I mean, I think that's a, a good place to end this. Mm-hmm. So. You know, so let's stay tuned, our listeners, for next week's podcast. We will be discussing Jordan Peele's movies, including the newest entry, Nope. So this is uh, Graveyard saying, have you checked on the children? 
Yeah, this is Salem saying long live the new fish. Until next week. <laughs>